Welcome back to the Why So Serious podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. And as you can tell by the theme song, we are back to do our review for The Expanse Season 4. Today, I'm joined by two people that I uh, love listening to for years and years, both from the PW Torch. We got Travis Bryant and Rich Fan. What's going on, fellas? Hey. So, I haven't had y'all. Last time you guys were on the show was when we did... um, um, self-made, self-made, self-made review, which was great. Uh, we had a lot of good feedback on that because that went on two different podcasts, which was cool. Uh, so we are back. I want to get you guys back because I've been dying to talk to someone about the Expanse for years now, and neither one of my co-hosts watched the show. And I talk about them repeatedly for not watching the show, and they keep saying they're going to watch the show, and they haven't watched the show. So I'm left talking about it on the show by myself in circles. So glad to finally. Has somebody else who appreciates the show. I'm not sure which mic it is, but is it? Didn't you say like one of those guys is like it's a show is tailor made for them? Yeah, he would like he would love the show. Everything he loves is perfect for the show. He won't watch it. So it's one of those weird things. But the other thing about this show is I'm also glad that people don't know about the show because you don't want it to get like the Game of Thrones thing, you know. At some point, when when everybody starts to like your show, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, all those types of shows, then it gets bigger than the show, and then it will never be good to everyone, to the larger group. Whereas where it is now, like they're just putting out this fire repeatedly, and it feels like just a small group of us know about it, and we love it. So uh, I'm happy with it being like that. But uh, so where we left off last season, they were on uh, they were on Sci-Fi, and they got canceled. And uh, apparently this is one of Jeff Bezos' favorite shows. And he was basically like, uh, yeah, I got money, so we'll go ahead and fund that show for you. I got money and a (laughs) plan. Yeah. And you can actually tell, like, one of the things before we get into what specifically happened in the show, I was going to ask you and Rich, what did you think about the production value of the shows? Did you think it was better? Was it just uh, more of the same good stuff? What did you kind of think about just the production value moving to the uh, to Amazon. Trav, you want to you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's great. It's probably better. Um, we got to, you know, we didn't in a lot of the season in the first three seasons, we didn't get a ton of outside terrestrial stuff. We never got to see Mars on the surface, and the Earth stuff was always indoors. We didn't get people walking around. Maybe a few, like, from a transport thing to the U.N. building or something. Uh, uh, but not sustained, just minutes and hours long outside with, uh, with the sun and, and outside elements. Uh, so, so that was, I don't know if it's better or if it's just different. And like, oh, hey, look at this. It's kind of better by default because it's new. <clears throat> and the way they shot the outside you know, on Illis was in you know, widescreen. It was kind of like a Western. Uh, so it was definitely, they did some different things. But as far as like the space stuff, and it was already at a high bar for, you know, for, for, for cable TV. And now <clears throat> on, 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 on Amazon Prime, it was as good, if not slightly better, because they just have more money uh, and, and time and Obviously, the freedom to know your boss is like a big giant fan. You've got to like, whew, like, relax a little bit 
uh, as a production, as a writing staff, as everybody. Yeah. I'd say better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, like the only show that looks better in space than this show that I've ever seen is Star Trek Discovery, and that mostly of that's because they're doing real life stuff. Like the thing about this show that I always try to explain to people is that the, to me the Expanse is like the most realistic sci-fi show, if that makes sense. It's like it's to me it's like the natural evolution of what could possibly happen in real life if we were to expand to Mars and go out into the world, even besides the protomolecule, but just in yeah. general of like how everything functions, it's kind of like in the realm of possibilities. So Star Trek is like way out there. Like at some point in Star Trek Discovery, they were doing multiple universes, which is just like crazy. So they have all types of colors and crazy shit that makes it look real cool. But with the exception of that, like I've always thought the Expanse was good. But like, yeah, like Travis said, we got to go to Mars, man. We got to see like how the Mars trains work and the trams. Yeah, I was about work. to say the sub, man. Like the subway system like, in Mars. Like, damn, can, can we get some of this up for you know forward-thinking uh, technology down here? That was so dope, man. I was really excited to see that, and um, it just kind of made the and they and they kept doing that with the storyline perspective to show that like, hey, man, they're supposed to be terraforming this place, and it's like not going nowhere. Uh, in regards to that. Um, and now people, are, they're trying to take resources away from that. But we'll get into some of that when we talk about the stuff in Mars. But uh, Rich, you have any thoughts on uh, the production? Yes. So you guys mentioned, and you and you mentioned the, start, and the idea of like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, and all these big shows that got super popular. And I would say one of the biggest issues with both shows, even as they were getting on that road to popularity, was cost-effectiveness or writing sacrificing what you then saw on the screen. In the case of Walking Dead, they had those middle three seasons where uh, AMC didn't want to pay, so they wound up having to stay in places longer than maybe the comics wanted them to. Or with Game of Thrones, uh, the two Dans deciding they knew more than you know anyone who was on a first-year job and just failing miserably as they lost source material. As the, Out of our trio, the person who's read been reading the books, and I'm like, it just going to avoid spoilers with this for the respect of the listeners and you all um this is one of the best adaptations of something to a screen i think i've ever seen and i think it started well on television but then when they made it to amazon with bezos not only has the production gone up a little bit it equals what like i mentioned when we were getting ready to record one of the actors was what in my mind i imagined but i didn't realize it until i saw him and i saw it with so many things like seeing Mars for the first time, seeing Christian uh, deal with uh, an election, um, seeing uh, what you can do when, you know, I know we all watch CW shows. Like CW was one of those first channels where you could see a lot of good graphics in daylight because a lot of times shows would have to do it at night to kind of palette swap and make sure things look good. With this, we're not in dark drab space. Like you guys said, we're, we're seeing a spaghetti Western on a planet between two cultures. And it's not like random set a you can tell they had to put money in to make that thing look good yeah i mean even on the rasanante it was you know it's it's lit like yeah <clears throat> not in a party sense but <laughs> you know it's brightly you know lit so it, it was it would be deep and drab like sometimes on the belt but this show has always been you know it always looked good i mean season one it it's if it did if this show 
if the show didn't look as good as it did, if it wasn't uh, just gorgeous to look at that opening sequence, and I didn't realize how how much the song slapped until yes. I listened to your intro just a few minutes ago, Brand, uh, because you know I got my earbuds in and I'm like, you know, it's all kind of kick, like you know, like okay. Um, but if it didn't look as good as it did, I might not have lasted because season one, it's a lot of setup. Admittedly, I was I had no idea what was going on. Like, I don't know what's happening. It wasn't until season two where the story was just simple enough for my my brain. I, I don't know, and I, and I just was like, oh, I get I get what we're what, what's happening. But season one, it was uh, it was a bit of um, I don't like to say a chore, but it's certainly how it looked in the scope of the show was. What kept me watching in that no, first? They even showed the Rasenate landing on the planet, and then like being able to get like they put the bridge out and everything. Like we didn't never, we haven't seen that in any of the seasons, um, like fully that way. So that was just really cool. Um, so uh, right before we get this, I'll just say this. So the way this happened for me was I kind of got early access to the first few episodes of this, but I you mean season one. No, season four. Oh, oh, this one, okay. So they, like, so I'm in, like, this uh, critics group or whatever, so they send us stuff sometimes. Um, but I could, I watched the first episode of season four, and I was just like, and I haven't watched season three in a, since it ended. So I was yeah. just like, I don't remember everything. So, and I just knew if I started watching, I was going to get mad, because they only gave you, like, the first four episodes, so I wasn't going to be able to watch the whole thing. And so I was going to get mad watching the first four episodes. So I stopped and I went back and I watched the first three seasons. And then by that time, everything had dropped. And then I just watched the whole fourth season. Um, And that made it so much more linear for me. So everything was just so fresh and how everything tied into the stuff in the first three seasons was just like perfect for me. Because partly because I rewatched it, but partly because it's great storytelling, um, as Rich was saying. So. Uh, I guess what we should do is, I guess we want to start with the Rossinati crew. Uh, so where we last left off in season three, basically they went through the ring and they found that the ring opened up like portals to all these different uh, parts of the universe. Uh, I, did they say how many it was? Wasn't it 1,200 or something like that? 13, 12 or 1,300. Yeah, 12 or 1,300. <coughs> Individual uh, inhabitable uh, planets that they found so you can imagine they found there's a bunch of other stuff to explore and see and mine uh but 12 or 1300 planets like you know that we consider livable and all that and so they opened it up uh so then we open it up and you're just like oh so it's obviously a time jump uh you're like okay they're they're they've jumped some time from where we left left off so the way I was thinking was like, oh, yeah, people probably been going through all these planets and figuring out what's good and what's not good. And then you find out that, like, nah, like, Christian is in charge now, and she's basically like, you can't, like, nobody's going through these portals. They're nobody. literally shooting shooting ships down that try to make us sprint for it. Yeah, so, yeah, so they're shooting stuff down. It's like, nobody's going through here. The belt is not going through here. And so, but Earth is like, Obviously, Earth and Mars are still, like, above the belt. So they seem to – people seem to think that they are sent some people through there or whatever, and the belt's like, y'all not letting us go through at all. Um, and the reason why is because 
uh, she's basically like, we don't know what's on these planets, right? We just had this bit real scare um, with, uh, what the hell was the name of that? Rock. Proto-molecule. Yeah, the, what, what, uh, it took over Eros. Yeah, it took over Eros. Yeah. And it was like the Eros almost crashed into the Earth, and we don't know what the hell is out there. So we don't want to send people through this stuff and bring something back to Earth and our solar system to mess stuff up. So what y'all think about the the political idea of the United Nations being like, nah, nobody is going through these things unless you get special permission from us? Well, this is funny because Travis and I on the East Coast Cavs have been arguing on that main this main point for a little bit when they show when this season first started. So Travis, I'm gonna let you take the first one because he was gonna throw stuff at me and then I tried to spoil stuff and I had to shut up. Yeah. Um it's it's a it's a lot like real life where you're like this isn't like the most noble or like ugh, you know like human rights abuses potentially and all that kind of thing but it's also like well I live here and you know what am I going to support who's Becky 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 Stan Stan you know like no I'm American I'm going to focus you know no I'm an earther I'm an inner like hey we have it's not my fault we happen to have the power to control who gets, you know, the man and uh, 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 yeah, it's a man in control of this uh, a blockade on the ring. Sorry for being like rich and powerful, but it's also sucks. They're shooting, you know, they're refugee ships that are like full of people. Like there's no pirates or 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 bombs or anything bad happening. It's just human being. Well. You know, belters, uh, but human beings trying to make a better life for themselves, um, and the big powerful force going, yeah, hold up though, and they like we don't have the we don't we need air and water and life sustaining elements we can't hold up. Um, so the political stuff it's it, it's tough. It's like you see where. Uh, where you know Abu Sarala and and the UN and the powers that be, where they're coming from, but it's also like can't just blockade uh, progress and freedom for a lot of people. Uh, so it's it's a it's a it's it's kind of tough, but not really. What about you? Where are you at, Rich? Well, for me, and this is like I said, I'm gonna stay book, just pure show, no book. For me, I have issues with the fact that the entire um, – I'm with Avasarala. This is the entirety of the human race, and they're all running toward a cliff, and no one's thinking on, about what's on the other side. Especially well, the entire, given – entirety. You don't need everyone to go. You just need, like, a couple people to go do something re- you know, really bad or come back with some horrible space disease and, 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 and you know, everybody – have to go right but no 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 but the the rate the reason i and this is where we got an argument like you have to look at it and we get to that by the end of the season if earth goes mars is going to go because mars is so hard to terraform and i know we're going to get to like it's they've been there for decades and it's still just level one if this is a role-playing game they thought they'd be like 150 years they thought so they thought this was going to be so easy and it's not, and it sucks. And now you can go to any of these planets, 
and you can work so much less harder and just deal with it. And so for me, that's why I said the human, most of earth is would want to leave because most of earth is basically this mess. Most of yeah. Mars would want to leave because it's the worst, which leaves the, 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 the uh, belters and the belters can't go anywhere unless it's got a decent enough place where they can don't have to deal with all the, uh, the, the, the sickness you have to deal with when you're at altitude, not altitude at a uh, gravity. And so either they have to find a, a place or there's no more trading because if a majority of Earth and Mars goes to these 1300 worlds, why would they need to come back to these places? Because as we see with Illus, there's so many dense, rich materials that you can make billions of dollars on and stay there. But you can only make those billions of dollars if, if somebody sell it and to. Mars are still powers. Because, yeah. but yeah, but they would be powers, kind of like when we think about the currents, uh, like like our history on on Earth. You still would make money with the colonies as you're leaving the British Empire. Like if the if England, if the King of England or Queen of England, instead of uh, sending out those ships and making colonies in the states, set up camp in the states and like this is ours now. That's a whole different environment than, especially given what's going on on Earth. And now it's like I'm mixing metaphors, so I apologize. Um, no, see, I'm, like, I'm kind of closer to rich, except my thing is, and I guess this is in hindsight after watching the season, but it's just like, hey, man, if they would have never figured out, uh, if somebody would have left the planet before they figured out a cure for that stuff, it's a wrap for people. Or if like they'd have brought back those, like, um, things that those little like, leeches, them leeches, like it's like, and that's just or like, even that water. Like if you use that water in your coolant, and then that water gets back to the, you're selling it on the you know the belt right. as ice or something. Yeah. And they now all of a sudden in, people got flesh. They were in one part of one planet, and you could be like, well, that's just bad luck. It might be like a tropical beach planet somewhere that's perfect. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, yeah, that's possible, but. uh Hey man, if that's the ch- if that's what happens the first time I go somewhere, I don't know about going to the next place. Um, but everything pops off because uh, with this whole thing set up, there's a Belter ship, which is the Belters are, are still the so you have the you have drummer and uh, what's homeboy's name um, Ashton. and Ashton, yeah, and they're basically like they got some rank now. They got some. They got some. Uh, they got some got a whole station. They got, got a whole station. They got some respect on their name. Like they can, they're part of decisions to the extent that they let them be. I mean, you find that Ooh. out later. But they, they, they think they're part of the decisions and part of the making people. And then you got a whole another group of belters who are basically like, "Hey, man, they ain't never gonna fuck with us. We still gotta make what's best for us." And to me, it was like this whole show is like an analogy to politics and stuff. But that's yeah. like that's like the people who are like. So basically, the drummer are like the Democrats who are just like, you know, we got to do better, but let's not like change the whole world, right? Like, let's just like take it step by step, and eventually things will get better. And then the the, the other group of the Belchers are like the far left people who are like, hey man, we got to shut this whole shit down. Like everything needs to be ripped apart and start over, and then we can get ours and be equal to everybody else. So there's like this refugee ship. And they're getting told, like, hey, man, slow down. You're pushing. Y'all coming up on the ring. Like, we're not going to let you through. And they're just like, fuck it. If you're going to shoot us down, shoot us down. And they go, and they just go, and they go, and they – did they shoot him and miss? Is that what happened? 
I don't remember what happened there. If they they, 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 they they made it. No, one of them, they were one of two. Oh, yeah, they shot the other, the other one didn't yes. make it. So the other yeah. ship didn't make it, and then one ship made it through, and they went through the ring and came back on the other side, and they found this new planet that they're calling uh, Illus, and they landed on the planet. And basically it's a planet that's like Earth-like in a way, but it had a ton of, um, what was the uh, element that they were getting from there? Uh, a right, um, it was something. some kind of oh, uh, not cobalt, something like you know, some kind of precious metal. Yeah, it was some kind of precious metal that they found like a shit ton of it there. And so they were like, Hey, man, we just made it, like, we just made our colony like much better. We just got a way to trade money and, and start a new life. But they're also like, a lot of them didn't make it because you know, when they landed there. The gravity was fucking with him because the Belters had never lived on zero G's, and so Christian tells our crew, the Rasenati no, no, crew, no. They, they, that's what they're used to. They're used to zero. Oh G's. yeah, they're used to zero G's. So they're they're not used on to like one G or whatever we. Yeah. And so Christian tells our crew, like, "Hey, listen, uh, we sent this science group there, but we need you to go there because we want to just check it out, make sure the shit's all right, and we heard the proto molecule might be there, so." Go check that shit out. So uh, they, the Rasenati gets a chance to go there. And Naomi's never been on the planet before. So it was really interesting to see, like, how they handled her dealing with being, like, in 1G, which was really cool. And so the Rasenati goes there and they land there. And you find out that when the science crew got there, the Belters shot down their ship. and well, Blew up the landing pad. Blew up the landing pad, yeah. And a bunch of them died. Wait. Yeah, which... Uh which made the ship that was about to land on the landing pad, you know, obviously not go great. And 22 of the, you know, basically half the people on the, maybe not, maybe not half. It's probably like a, a quarter of the people. If there's 70 people, 22 of them died. It was, uh, you know, maybe a third of folks, but a decent amount just died. And a lot of people were hurt. And that was a, that was a big, uh, a, a mystery. Like what was the, extent uh of you know of it and they found a blasting cap to, to show that it was actual sabotage not just some freak accident um, and then later on we find out you know we'll get there but we find out the more of the extent of that story yeah so they get on this planet and uh, and when they first get there they show up and they already had this this us already like like a western like rich says like you got the you got it's, it was funny because I'm watching this as like so you got the working class and then you got you got the one percent so the one percent show up to just, but everybody in there wasn't bad which we later find out but these people really literally just show up and I can imagine the Belchers being like damn man we finally found a place where y'all can't fuck with us and then you show up to fuck with us and, that's how it happens on land yeah. damn Belchers is soft boned. <laughs> They can't, oh my god! They can't get it. No, the Belchers can never get it. Supposed ahead. to like feel like we're supposed to be like it's they tr they almost treat the Belchers. I'm not even gonna call it a con condition because it's not. It's just evolution and just where you are. Like you're a Belcher, you live in space. Like I, I I'm sorry. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to like that's. I'm supposed to be mad at a plat. I'm supposed to be, be like, oh, a platypus, you know, because you got a big, stupid beak. 
Like, well, you're a platypus. That's what happens. That's what platypuses look like. Platypine, platypus. You know, it's you know, y'all live in space for whatever reason. You were born in space, and you know, you and you got these soft bones, and you're you know six five and a you know hundred and two pounds. Yeah, see, fast twitch muscle fiber. Oh, you got the the weird muscle fiber, and it's just sorry. Some of y'all can make it when you do the drugs and the treatments and all that. Some of y'all can't. It's just I don't like how it's like. I mean, maybe that's not even a show. It's like maybe fans just on Twitter or message boards or whatever, and like they're not. Nobody inflicted them with uh, with uh, Belcher and kept them from living on uh, living on Earth or living from some planet. On a planet somewhere, but see that's where I and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit because I don't think they did a good enough job with the show to do it. I think, and when you're saying that, I can hear a white dude saying, "I didn't give black folks high blood pressure. I didn't tell you how to eat all that crappy food when you were indentured servants and slaves." And then he didn't. You got to genetically over time. That's a health all issue. Your, all your grandparents and aunts and stuff die of diabetes and get their foot cut off and heart disease and all that. You just like, well, I'm gonna just stuff my face full of this chicken. Then you're gonna have to have an aneurysm. And sorry, <laughs> you got a, you got all the answers in your pocket. That's not an excuse anymore. But so, if, if for the but belters, I know it's not. There isn't it's not yeah, not yeah. For the belters, it was like you on you don't have a chance on Earth. You're not even eligible for universal basic income. So if you want to make money, a reason those that an entire population of human beings are uh, living on it and on an, on the asteroid belt. Yeah, the reason is at the time Earth was running out of space. That's the that's that that was the deal. Like you guys go do this, we'll use the universal basic income that we're giving the regular people to focus on other endeavors after the war with Mars. Then we're gonna make money with you. To pay you as a way of thanking you for for this service, but eventually it became yeah. class instead of just everyone like a socialist model of each person has a job, each person has a mission. Let's but one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty years later, as an enter or a Martian or whatever, yeah. I guess they're in too. I'm like that white guy. Like my grand, I I never owned no slaves, you know, because it's nobody. I, most people aren't going to take that extra step and go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't, and my grandparents might not have gotten here till 1919, but they came and built on a foundation. Yeah. You know, and and that's like, but most people we know aren't going to take that next step of self reflection or generational reflection or anything. They're just going to be like, I ain't own no slaves, them soft bone belters. I ain't put them out in space, (laughs) whatever it is. And so that's the kind of the the, the, the that's literally average. their their mentality, and it was the and it was the complete privilege mentality. Like when they showed up on the planet, the Earth people, they're basically like, "All right, this is our planet now." Basically, like they showed up, and you can see the difference when. To be fair, Travis, Brandon, they're not just Earth people. They were uh, they were the RCE science team, militaristic corporate stuff. They weren't just a bunch of people in Hawaiian shirts and, and, and flip-flops like, hey, you know, fat Americans here to take over your, your town. They were, you know, corporate pseudo, not even pseudo, they were full-on like militaristic corporate blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. you know, but, but yes, they came in and kicked their door and was like, yeah, we're setting up over here. Don't bother us. Give me this water and your resources. No, you can't have no help. 
if we can, if we if we have it to offer, and and we are barely people. You know, Mercury basically hates Beltis. Like, um, yeah, he's a giant racist against you know people from of, of yeah, Belter. Yeah. yeah, he's a big, he's a big old big, and and it's funny because you mentioned that, and think about the fact that like even because I I I, I was going to be interested to see how y'all did it, but notice like even now as we're talking about it. We're all calling it Illus and not New Terra. That's true. Because, yeah, I mean, the episode of the first episode was called New Terra, and 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 that's because when we're we spent so much time on Illus and everybody there called it Illus. Well, not everybody, because remember that was that was that was the line. Like when we think about like you know I, you know no 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 totally. But I'm just saying as a viewer, we're right. calling it Illus because we heard it called Illus. 87% of the time on the show that we watched. Right. Because so, it was like kind of siding with the Belters in that they had a land claim. And, and you know, you know what I mean? Like, I always think about the things like, uh, you know, at Pitt, we did, you know, they did a land acknowledgement for a program where they're like, this is the land of the Sioux. And, the, and it's like, okay, that's great, but we're still calling it Pittsburgh. Like, we can call it this in this five minute period, but nobody's changing but with this it was clear like we, you you couldn't argue away from well they're just explorers and this is in the name of science because they rolled up jack boots and suits and they're like yeah this is ours now and every chance they got they proved that they were ready to uh just be dirty dogs in terms of how they kept it even though the belters were doing the same thing and we and I, I don't want to steal the shine from you brandon you run the show but no, good, like the belters were being dirty too like that was the whole reason that holden and company had to show up because you know stuff's blowing up and you don't know how it happened but not on illis they were just yeah remember to... the ships oh 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 but they were already on their way they were like weren't they like uh a couple of days behind them that wasn't like they weren't sent because the rce thing exploded you know uh incident happened uh, uh, she, Abzorala, uh, sent them there to like. If anything, that was probably her smartest decision. Um, holding, sticking his dick and everything, uh, notwithstanding. But if Holden's not there, well, I guess if Holden's not there, Damn, you, well, you, if Holden's not there, they would never have stopped it. And well, Hold, no, no, no. If Holden's not there, it doesn't, doesn't start. He doesn't pull the thing out that the tree root. And the planet never activates. But I'm talking about as far as the personalities there. RCE eventually, Mercury eventually, un, unedited, unabated, would have overrun those, overrun the Belter settlers there. Yeah. And, and just like and in season three. He was worried about three, his 1%. Just think about season three. Just like in season three, I would bet money, even if Holden didn't show up, if Mercury had done that, it would have activated whatever sentient, the last bits of those defenses. And they would have had a situation like the slow zone where people were acting a fool before that got solved by Holden. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I saw there was this thing online, and mm -hmm. there's this uh, people were arguing that they think that there were um, proto molecule on the Belter ship that kind of mm -hmm. just led them to that, like kind of like led them to that planet. Because the, people were like, isn't it super convenient that the planet that the Belchers uh, land on is also like the home world of the proto-molecule? Says who? Well, that word, home world. 
Well, it, isn't that what they said? Isn't that what Miller said? No, oh, Miller said I've been activating stuff all over the galaxy or whatever, and turning switches and hitting. But here, I can't because of the the root, the literal tree root <laughs> that was blocking the you know the machine from closing all the way or you know whatever. I, I don't. I never got the. I never got it that that was like some kind of catalyst planet, some kind of uh, fulcrum planet of like, oh yeah, molecule. It had a presence, the proto molecule, obviously. Whew. When we get to see like that, uh, when it, that thing's activated, and we get to see, kind of, I don't know if it was a schematic or a scan of the Earth, but we saw basically under all the crud and basically like the it was like oh those are cities under there those are fossilized or something kind of like cities i like i recognize buildings and, and activity um it could have just been i again maybe i'm wrong i just never got the feeling that that was you know planet uh proto yeah i didn't think it was more like kind of like uh i was thinking of uh Prometheus, like the, I didn't think of this as the Prometheus world. I thought of this as another example of, like, to the point of, you guys don't understand these thirteen hundred worlds. If the creators don't exist anymore, what killed them, and why are you not worried that it's not going to be on one of these planets? But that doesn't take away from that theory, though. That 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 that, that if there was proto molecule on on one of those Belter refugee ships, and it led to right. the nearest proto planet or planet that had a ancient uh, sig- uh protomolecule signature like that one obviously uh did like illis obviously does but i just never got the feeling that illis was like oh we found the the, the ancient home world of the protomolecule that never came across to me yeah, okay, yeah, but we also true. never spent, we also never spent time anywhere else as far as the other 1300 right yes to get a feeling of well, what else is like? Is there a planet that's just regular? Like you guys got to deal with normal planet stuff, like disease and bacteria and animals, but not like the planet coming alive and like trying to eat you. Well, the reason why I kind of thought that by the end, and not to be jumping ahead, was because yeah. at the end they kind of made it seem like, oh, this is the last bit of proto molecule we're going to send into the sun. And so, like everything was all done with like that part of the story, and so it made it made it seem like well everything ends where it begins, and this is kind of where it begins. But I can see I can see it in different types of ways because when we first when we first find a proto molecule, it's clearly not on that planet. So clearly, it's other places. Um, right, and let's be let's be clear that little bit of proto molecule that you just said that they threw into the sun was the piece the little yeah, drip. Exactly. Proto molecule that's been like hiding on that ship since season two. Since season two, yes. It's Miller. It's like, threw Miller look, into the sun. It looks different. It looks like faded and old and dusty, like it's been sitting on that ship for two days. Also, why did that one not spread like all the other proto molecule? Um, doesn't it need something or somebody if nobody's in that part of the ship? Like if they had a cat or some kind of like a ferret or pet that ran around the ship and it got to it and sniffed on it and got uh, some yeah, on it yeah. and then came around and did then but if nobody gets to it that's why they just all throughout season all throughout season two and maybe in three they would just show it like it's still there <laughs> not doing nothing until somebody comes and touches it and activates it and does something like that so what's the dude's name that's based the the dude that's like um 
<laughs> I called him Red Skull when I was watching it because he was just so trash to me. Like, he had nothing redeeming about him to me at all. Um, the dude that was uh, yeah, he- killing the Belchers on New Terror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Mertry. Yeah, Mertry was the scientist on uh, uh, Pacific. Well, no, no, no. Oh, hold, Pacific. Hold, hold, hold up, hold up, Travis, before you jump down my throat. <laughs> he was the scientist <laughs> in Pacific Rim with Charlie Day. Because he could have said, maybe he worked for RCE. He could have had some kind no, of. No, 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 no. He was, was just a pull on mercenary in this, but he was the nerdy scientist that was super nervous <laughs> in Pacific Rim. That Charlie Day always said never want to take adventure or take risks. Okay, so here's the question I have for you two about this part. Because I always ask people who watch The Expanse this. Is Holden smart to you or is he stupid and always messes stuff up and then just kind of finds his way to get out of it? What I think he's think? honest. You just think he's honest? Because um, I'm think watching he's honest. that I think- and I'm just like... When they go, they find, so just to jump ahead a little bit, they get there mm-hmm. and then Holden searching around to find the proto molecule or whatever if it's there, and Miller's talking to him, and then they find like these old like uh, I don't want to say towers, but they're just basically like structures, curved towers, towers, curved. Yeah, towers, like just these dormant towers that's like clearly hasn't been just been sitting there forever, and, forever, like they're clearly ancient, like ancient like everything on that planet just looks like nothing's been around for millions of years but when you see those structures and you're like oh nobody's been messing with these things for millions if not billions of years and so he rolls up there and he just starts touching shit and then he just starts activating stuff so my question to you first before uh hold up it it wasn't just poking his fingers and stuff miller's like yeah take that that's blocking the system move it but Miller was literally like, just start touching shit. He was, he, did he literally say that at one point? Did he was literally like, just start touching stuff or just try to do something? And he took him, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he took, Miller took, uh, Proto Miller took a Holden to that spot and pointed and said, see that tree root growing? And then Holden says, this thing's been around for a billion years and it didn't plan for uh, a root. And he's like, and then he goes, Who's to say this species of tree or root or whatever was around to even take into consideration a billion years ago? So that was like kind of an indication like, oh, this place has been used and fell and maybe built up again and fell, you know, like what happens to places. Um, but no, I didn't get to. I don't think he just said, hey, start touching stuff, kid. It was very, uh, very <laughs> specific. So, and he, all right. So do you think that. All that stuff would have happened anyway if Holden never showed up. Or do you think he was the cause of like everything happening? No, he was. It was. It was. It was him. I don't think the Proto Miller and whatever mission that he's on, activating stuff and turning stuff on, can't do physical, real world stuff. Can't he? Can't in, interact beyond with. Um, withholding and and then later dr okoye but he can't physically move stuff wait he got into i guess later he got into that uh at the end yeah, when he, he got into the, yeah he was moving stuff like, on his own because he for, just took over another thing remember he was like moving that metal like he was just walking metal at the end 
That's what I mean. He was like a we- that weird shape and like trying to push get the thing to the end, and he's yelling for Holden to get his ass back there. And then Okoye shows up, and yeah. So, but that was after he kind of like broke free, quote unquote, of the larger proto whatever's controlling him. Because remember, he's like, ah, they got me on a mission, but I'm 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 trying to go against it and 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 shut it down. And he kept switching between the hat version of Miller and freewheeling Miller. Yeah, like free real Miller and proto Miller. So potentially, say he's being puppeted, he doesn't have control. He can't do stuff physically when he allows himself. But it's not until after he breaks free and realizes, you know what? I'm an entity of my own. Let me control this this inanimate object. But that Miller in episode one or two of season four couldn't because he was still in that you know he had the marionette string still on him and he was just doing what he was told yes all right we're back after a little small thing um so yeah what i was gonna say is i'm watching this the whole season and i'm just like so is was this a self-fulfilling prophecy because if christian never sent the rasanati there one would would uh, would Mercury and his crew just just annihilated all the Belters? They just would have all been dead, or would they just have been able to like somehow live life and go their separate ways on the planet? And the tsunami wouldn't have came, and those the hurricane, the tornado, or whatever those flying metal pieces were wouldn't have came, and the earthquakes wouldn't have came, and they just would have had a new world and been happy. But since they sent holding there and they found a protomolecule and all this other shit happened it kind of like proved christian's point indirectly not that she knew that was going to happen but it kind of proved her whole point that she was talking about beforehand um at the end so it was just like this weird thing with me watching that uh the whole time but so well, yeah go ahead Travis. I, I i just think the the only thing i'm not sure i don't remember if it wasn't until the Rasanati showed up and then we got those flying metal insect things that like cut a pe- couple people. And at the, as soon as they landed, they got attacked by those flying metal insect pieces or whatever that was. So maybe the stuff on the planet, the planet doesn't react. But yes, Mercury. Remember, we find out at the end, Mercury had a bonus in his contract oh, yeah. that if he can get rid of the belters, he would get 1% of the mining rights going forward. Even if that was 1% on like the first year of mining, let alone in perpetuity, you think he's not going to... No, the whole plan in Mercury's mind, absolutely, I'm sure, was to eventually not only get rid... Well, kill all of these Belters in some way, in some form or fashion. And when you find out his, his financial incentive near the end or somewhere in the middle of the season you're like oh this was his plan from all along that's why he yep yeah even even at they they fooled us they tricked us with the right you know he had some righteous you know anger and you know he was he knew they were they set him up and and blew his ship up and and tried and killed a bunch of his friends and, and colleagues he let that uh fuel his what i think he already had planned in his mind it was just now it's justified yep. and now it's in overdrive because I don't consider you people 
people anyway, and then you tried to kill me? Uh, and I got uh, trillions of dollars particularly <laughs> on a, just a no-brainer. So yes, all the bad stuff with Mercury happens. Obviously, I don't think the planet reacts because Holden's not there to, 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 to dick around. So the other stuff that's happened on this planet with the other people, because we talked a lot about Holden and Mercury, is Naomi's having trouble adjusting to the gravity for the first time on a planet. And so she's, you know, she's she's headstrong. So she's just like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And then at the end of that first day, she was about to die. She's just going through it at the end. And so she's going to have to take it easy after that. Um, my man, uh, okay, so what is, okay, Amos is, I don't know if Man. Amos is the best person in the world or the worst person in the world. Like, oh, he's the best. Like, he I'm absolutely just, is both. He's I, both. <laughs> I don't even know if he's the worst person or the best person in the world, but this dude lands on the planet. So you know you would want him on your side. Yes, I do want him on my side, I think. I think I want him on my side, but he's quick to kill somebody on his own side if he has to. But here's the thing for me, Brandon. I see... Amos as a representation of what I was saying with Holden. The reason he follows Holden is because Holden, he knows, isn't perfect, but will always try to do the right thing. And like he does with that bridge scene with his baby girl, he's like, I won't lie to you. And he knows Holden will never lie to him. Like, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to assume it's the right thing to do until otherwise told. So he's that just, means... That what? He's just he's ready to follow instructions because he's a soldier. No, 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 he's not a soldier. When he talks about it later in the season, he talks about the abuse when he was talking to that kid and he lets it let that go that stuff out about the abuse and the way he was treated as a kid and the the horrors he had to endure. The soldier part's easy for him. The trusting part isn't. That's why Holden is the guy he always goes to as the North Star. So even last season when they had to call him out and say, be more like yourself and stop trying to assume what Avasavala or whoever else is involved wants you to do, just do what you think is the right thing. That was one of the main thing, the themes of season three, especially when they were dealing with that stuff. So I think for him, this has been a search for let me find somebody I can put my whole faith in. And he's found him. And he, he you know, so when it's time to pop off, he doesn't have the qualms that most normal people would. But it's not like he's always looking like Mercury to just murk people. Yeah, I thought hey. Mercury was Amos without a holder. Yes, that yes. They, they kind of play well, in another in another decade of getting to that point. Yeah, because it's not a it's not something that, you know, it's not having an editor and having a platform. And, you know, when you're in the military or, or some kind that kind of structure and there's a and there's a, 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 a path upward career wise, those types of people we know throughout history tend to do well. You know, you know, you take a poll somehow who, who where are the where who populate in the country or in the world, you know, who has a which profession or, or a class of people have the most, you know, sociopaths. It's probably people that are CEOs, generals, you know, people that just made it because that's, you know, not just because they got the hard work ethic thing in them because it's something else There's a power they drive and, and, and something else that, that drives them. Amos, for, for me, is the most, in a lot of ways, without the tough guy stuff, without the being able to beat people up, and without the lack of fear, I'm the same as Amos 
<laughs> you know, besides all the things that he's known for. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally different in that way. But the one thing I think I'm, I'm like Amos that I identify with the most is he understands his own um, limits and abilities. Mm-hmm. So he knows I can't, if I, I can't judge my own moral compass because I have none. That's why he attaches himself to holding. Like, oh, oh, that guy definitely has one. And like you said a minute ago, Rich, he's always going to do the right thing or at least try to do the right thing. So if I put my soldier mode on for him, oh, for sure, I'll ride or die. And this crew and, you know, all that stuff, season one, that building of the, of the crew and, 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 and their dynamic. Oh, I'll ride for anybody on this ship. But he knows his limits. He knows he doesn't have humanity in him. He know you know, or he just he knows his skills and abilities. And I like to think I know that about myself. Like I'm not gonna put myself in a situation because it's like, no, I'm not good at that. I can't do that. Or I put myself in a situation because I know I can do that. Whatever it is, I always have to. Like on the East Coast cast, I need Rich or Cam or Dre because I get exposed when I'm by myself, right? I can't come up with – I'm not naturally just right. funny or whatever. I need people that I can play off and interrupt and talk shit about or whatever the, the, the individual dynamic is. And just – I think he has a self-awareness that's – Yeah, pretty, even more than that. After you say that, it made me think – what was his girlfriend's name on the planet? Um I don't even remember her name. Uh, she had a. I, I, don't I had it right name. here in my notes. Just hold on one second. Correct. Let's see. But yeah, she was. And even with that, like as we talk about, like Travis, as you mentioned, that he had enough in him to know that he had feelings for her. But even that came at a cost because she saw he saw she was tying herself to a dude. Yeah, that's that what I was going to say. She would instead of Mercury being uh, Amos without a Holden, she was Amos with a bad Holden, because she yeah. was just like Amos. Like they kind of kicked it from the beginning because they both were like the muscle, and were willing to just do shit for the, for the cause. Like Amos, anything that Naomi or um, Alex or Holden needs, like Amos will do it. Like whatever it takes, he is he's down for the cause. And she was the same way for Mercury. The problem is Mercury's intentions were bad, and she was still back in these bad intentions. Even no, like even at towards the end of the season, you start to think that she knows that it's fucked up, and then she even goes down at the end. Like, I, even though I know it's messed up, like I'm dedicated to this dude, and I'm gonna go down. He to saved the end. her. Life? They 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 set that up in the beginning, and when they first, when Amos and her first uh, get together. And he, he kind of, I think he just asked her, like, what's with that guy? And he's like, I owe him my life. And and it's a different, like, it's really a, a good uh, observation that she has a bad hold. She's him with a bad Holden. And he feels dedicated to Holden, probably because Holden saved him in some way in season. I don't remember. Um, but they just found each other, and they just have a different connection. He feels connected to Holden, she feels obligated to Mercury. I don't think Amos feels obligated to Holden. If Holden, if he thought Holden's compass went off, oh, or yeah, something we saw that. Yeah, he would be, be like, no, 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 I don't think so. 
not know who Amos is like, Rich? Um, mm. He reminds me, this is my nerd brain talking. The whole time I'm watching, I mean, Amos, and then especially where he talks about where he's from, especially as somebody who's from Baltimore, um, I'm thinking, like, he reminds me of, like, Guy Gardner, the Green Lantern, because he's from Baltimore. He doesn't give a fuck most of the time. Mm-hmm. He's always going out on his own, but doing things against it. But he's always down to back uh, Hal or John whenever they need it, even though he's got his own problems with uh, authority and his own problems with doing what's right or wrong. You know, he, he right. mess up sometimes. So I kept watching. Then he's like, oh, I'm from Baltimore. And then he, this season he starts going into some of his backstory. And I'm just like, All right, so I don't want to get too much in the books, but did they go into detail about his backstory in the books? Yep. Because his backstory looks really, His backstory is horrific. Yeah, it's it looks horrific. And like I said, I'm trying not to like go to, but it's like uh, child sex. He was, he was trafficked. He was a trafficked kid. Yeah. And so he yeah, got and he was kept things. in some kind of, I think the blindness that later in the season, the darkness, because he was kept in some kind of light, you know, light free, small. Yeah. Uh, like a sensory deprivation chamber. Like, think about a sensory deprivation chamber, like futuristic, but as a replacement for, like, one of those holding, uh, like, those shipping containers they would put people in right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was basically blind, and and that's why when when he gets, when Holden tells, when Dr. Koye later tells him, like, yeah, everybody's going to go blind, but I got to keep them calm and just tell them it's an allergy. Out an allergy, she she tells Holden and Holden like whispers like, "Hey, Amos, this is the deal." And his whole like, yeah, oh, blind because he knows what's you know the the darkness, mm-hmm. and then he's having a physical reaction to you know memories of a five year old trafficked kid. And and her name was uh, Chandra Way. Oh, Chandra and Way okay, yeah. is just like with uh, our dude on the. Rosie, because and Travis and I talked about this when we first started watching the first season together. The thing that I'm most interested in in the expanse is that they're so like they're five steps ahead with the idea of it is. It's kind of like when I don't know if y'all ever watched uh, uh, when it was on Fox. Uh, uh, oh God, what was the name of Firefly? I did not. Oh, okay, so Firefly is just like this. It, it's you know it didn't get nearly enough money and then it kind of died at death but they went forward enough in time and space exploration so that they added things that were logical like obviously here on earth uh you know asian folk chinese is one of the dominant languages going 100 200 years in the future so the all of the characters regardless of race would curse in chinese it's the same in uh, or it's similar in in, in ready player one that the exactly yeah Mandarin, Hindi, English is number three. Spanish is the fourth most populous language in the world. So when you look at the expanse, a lot of the main characters are either Indian or some form of Asian, Southeast Asian or mainland uh, Chinese Asian. And so a lot of the like, I love my dude on the on the Rosinante because he sounds like a Texan, but looks Pakistani. Yeah, yeah. And it's because like American, like North American dialect took over, but racially it was a super melting pot that was predominantly of a mixture of Southeast Asian, African, and then like Belter is Afrikaans, you know? So with, with, with all these characters like Chandra, she's played by a Latina, but 
you could see the features they wanted to highlight for her to be Chandra Way. Right. Yeah. So the funniest part of this season, probably the funniest part of it, all the seasons to me, it was like a Kirby enthusiasm moment when mm. <laughs> when Amos gets to beef with uh, Mercury and they're like going at it. And then he just walks up to Chandra just like, so does this mean we can't have sex anymore? I f- yeah, so, so we're not fucking? <laughs> so we're not fucking anymore? Like, like, he was so matter of fact. It was like something Larry oh, David would say. It was so well, hilarious yes. to me. Well, look, what I thought was what what uh, <clears throat> uh, kind of gave their relationship kind of that like, look at, or maybe it's more Amos, not even their relationship. It was when... He says, yeah, you you know, having somebody to watch your ass is always key. And she's like, are you hitting on me? You know, he's like, not right now. I'm not like, no, I'm being dead ass serious. And can we get back to business, please? Like, this isn't the time. Like, he's so matter of fact, and he does not care how it makes you feel because he's right. <laughs> Usually, you know, kind of, again, I think that's uh, one of the reasons I identify with him so much. It's like, oh man, that's, that's how I, you know, it's that thing of how I think I look, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, Amos on the left side and how I actually come across and it's just, you know, some annoying asshole on the internet, you know, <laughs> you're not Amos, you know, with the hot takes and, you know, dunking on people, you're just, you know, an asshole on the internet with a stupid opinion. Yeah, I would always say, like, the scariest thing to me is be, living life without fear, which is a whole, the whole Amos thing. It's like going through life not being scared of anything. It's, it's like, scary to me. But, he addressed that? Well, he said, Didn't he address yeah, somebody he in, like, season, yeah. two season two was like, yeah. man, I, I'd love to, like, be like you. He's like, no, you look don't. at me. No, you don't. No, you, don't. no <laughs> you do not. He's like, yeah, but if you're not scared of anything, no. Look me dead in my cold, dead eyes. <laughs> my lifeless, unfeeling, emotionless, borderline sociopathic eyes. No, you don't want to be like me in any way. Like, it's like, whoa. Just like with the Koye and Holden. She's like, you know, she reminded me of those idiot scientists on Prometheus. Hey, little yes. Let, let me pet you. I mean, she's not, she wasn't that incompetent. But she's like, man, what I'd love, I'd love to switch and be in your place. He looked at her like, bitch, I've seen so more death and destruction every time I close my eyes that I just can't unsee. And she's like, well, you know, that's the price for, and, and it's just like, yeah. But I like that I know, because like, that's what is, I feel like that's what like. like oh, it's worth the payoff or, or, or worth the trade off. Yeah, a true, like a true hardcore scientist. It's like, it's like when you see those reporters that cover like, like the wars in the Middle East. And you're just like, why are you going over there where you know that like you could be you could run over like some type of bomb at any second like at any point like your life could be over why are you doing this and it's just like that's the job like that's what i signed up for to be a reporter to do this and i guess it's like her mentality it's just like i just signed up for this and i've been waiting my whole life to see this i don't care if i die and i get to see this it was worth it but the, what i was gonna I say and 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 striving you know she kept saying i'd be the first uh exobiologist or whatever she called herself to to see that that's worth it like she's looking she's like legacy you mm-hmm. know she's looking at how people are going to see her 200 years from now you know she's got a whole maybe planet or you know wing of a planet named after i don't know but she just has that personality where she's like i'm willing to risk it all for to discover something new and something 
galaxy changing. So then the other thing I was going to say about Amos is it's not just the living without fear. It's that he has no shame either. Like there's there's no shame in his game. So he will say or do anything. And like Rich says, he does not care what you think or how it affects you. It's just what it is. And I just can't imagine like walking through life with no shame. Like that, I just can't imagine what that's like to like not fear anything and not care at all what anyone thinks about anything. It's well, I mean, you see comment sections and you're like, how do people, like your name is attached to this. <laughs> you're just going to, you're going to call Obama that publicly? Like, wow, or whatever the, you know, we all. Yeah, like Bob from Cheek to Waga. I'm just telling all you people. And it's a picture of him like holding his baby, like granddaughter. Got the blue line, you know, blue line, uh, you know, pick it as Abby, you know, that kind of, that guy. And, and it's, yeah, I, I, shame is a good thing because if we didn't have shame, we might go. You know, a president. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll get to something like that too, because I, I, it's it's an analogy here, and this, uh, especially back, it's an analogy on this show that was like the perfect Rich and Travis argument. Uh, it was, oh, oh boy! It, it was, <laughs> when I was watching, that's what I really. When I was rewatching it this week, I was like, "That is the perfect Rich and Travis argument." Um, but uh, so let's finish up on this planet. So essentially, what happens is. Uh, all these natural disasters start to happen. And so Holden's bright idea is like, oh, the safest thing because there's going to be like a Noah's Ark tsunami coming on this planet that we got to go hide in these structures. So they find their way in these structures and they're hanging around in there. And I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm just like, this is not, this cannot possibly be safe. Like this is no way this is just going to go fine and they're going to come out. And then next thing you know, like, Everything just starts going wrong. Like they start. What was it that caused the blindness? Was it um, some kind of microbe? Because your eye is so watery and just right. Yeah, right it was from the right water, from right? Well, yeah. Way. So it was already in their body from being on the plant. But then after they got hit with that flood, it made it so rich in the area that they kind of like just germinated super quick because they've been kind of. Yeah, and then the proximity made it like a feeding frenzy, so it was no need for the single or single celled organism to kind of like chill. But the way they set it up and like ever so casually, like, hmm, I just watched an episode where like three people were kind of like scratching their eye in the mm-hmm. like that can't be, and and then they just ratcheted it up. Somebody actually had to you know, and then once you got down there and you saw that kids basically full green eye you know like oh shit something's like and they literally they barricade themselves into the thing they take a breath and and they go hey uh, there's a green eye thing happening here and it's like they just can't like take a breath and then boom 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 people start going blind uh um, the leech comes and this leech just falls the, on you and you just die look like, just die. remember we find out about the leech because the one soldier decides he's going to get his uh, Baltimore City PD on and just grab a belter and drown him because he thinks he killed his buddy when, lo and behold, his buddy got taken out by the disease. That's right. He's like, where's Frank, man? What'd you do to him? You know, everybody's down there going, you know, stare crazy and, 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 and claustrophobic and, and everybody's seeing literally everybody's t- everybody's visions tainted with green now. Except Holden. Except Holden. Except Holden. <laughs> 
and and he's like, "Where's Frank, man?" He's like, "I don't know. I didn't do nothing." And he kills him and drowns him, and then comes up. No, no. Remember, Holden put the gun to his head and said, you, you "Put pull him up, or I'm dropping you." And he let the guy go, but all the leeches are on him, and he just like collapses back down. And then the one dude, the dude who started the whole thing, had him. a leech fall on him. Yeah. And then it like it, all it took was one. Like the guy he pulled out of water had like five on him. Yeah. So then this yeah. whole time, Proto Miller's gone. Like he's just gone, not saying shit. And so finally, Proto Miller comes back out and just like, follow me. And then Holden's like, yeah, I got to take this chance, or else we're going to die anyway. So at least let me take this chance to save us. So he goes walking through these structures. And it's like, it's got to be like, I can't imagine how how far he was walking, but it's like these huge yeah, structures. You know, is this when he got in the teleportation thing and, and yeah, ended up he on the teleportation thing? <laughs> hey, let me just jump on this fast travel icon real quick. And <laughs> <laughs> he jumped in that like. Um, remember, Rich? You remember? I don't. Travis, do you watch Agents of Shield? No. Rich, do you remember when um, when um, when um, Colson jumped out of that plane? And then jumped into the little teeny portal, just dove into it with no no caring at all. Like he just ju- he just jumped. The- Miller's like, okay, just go through here. And he's just is like, that when he was Sarge? No, it was like a few seasons back. And oh, okay, because I was thinking about Sarge when they had that thing where they would create those portals and jump. Because that's how I felt they were doing. Like, hey, let me Miller just, just uh, jump. He just jumped through with no- like whatever and just jumps through it. I can- first of all, the way they showed that something like that would like completely mess up your sense of reality like just falling through like i don't even know the words to describe like i was i was reading something and they were saying like if alien life came or we went to some planet with alien life like people might just die or go brain dead because like what you what you may see there's like no words or anything in your sense of life that could describe what potential alien life might look or be like that you just might go brain dead, like trying to figure out like what the hell it is, and so I'm, I'm like, he's just fly, he's just dropping through this portal, and I'm just like, how's this dude not messed up? But then I realize, oh, all the shit Holden's been through, he's fine, yeah, right? But he when the hand. other people jumped through the portal, like when Lindy jumped, not Lindy, that's her real name, when um, uh, uh, Akoya, Akoya, yeah, yeah, that's right. She just jumped through that shit too, and I'm just like. These people are much better than me. She should have jumped in head first. That would have that would have made it even better. That was hilarious. So then they get down there, and um, Chandra's basically like, Mercury's down there. She's like, we got to go kill Holden. Like, we got to go kill Holden. And I'm just, I'm thinking this whole time, like, why do you think the best, the one dude who can talk to the proto-molecule, y'all want to kill that dude? Like, I just thought that was so stupid. But he's like. We well, a lot of that, too, is just him alpha being an alpha, like. He was threatened by Holden, and he knows that's the only dude he's scared of. Well, him, him, and Amos. I mean, let's be honest. Is this this had to be after she developed, after they came up, like, why is Holden the only one uh, without the eye stuff? And he realizes it's because after he got irradiated on, it wasn't IO, but wherever he was, he's been taking. Ganymede. Okay, is that where it was? He's been taking that cancer. That was the Ganymede incident, yeah. Oh, okay, right. He's been taking uh, uh, cancer, cancer meds, meds. And she's like, Eureka! You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh she signs some like, shit up. It all, like, 
it, she must have like knew the like base compound. Like, oh, that makes so much sense. And they had the the equipment to synthesize the cancer meds and and basically clear everybody up. So she goes around, inoculates everybody, and then as soon as everybody's eye, because because Mercury for the middle of the seat, like the time from the time they got down there and the blindness started. He became Mr. He started calling Holden Captain Holden. Oh, yeah. He was so respectful. Yes, boss. Like, uh, <laughs> anything you need, Captain Holden, uh, supplies, water. Uh, and then as soon as they got the, in the inoculation or, you know, and the, and the blindness cleared up, it was, we need to kill this bastard. <laughs> it's like, yo. <laughs> like, yeah, it was quite the turnaround. Yeah, it was but, yeah. definitely. Uh, went on and uh, jumped through all kinds of wormholes. So then they were like, we're going to go kill him. They go down, go through this wormhole. And, yo, the fight, I'm thinking this whole time, like, it's, I'm thinking the whole time, like, is Amos, is Chandra really going to go down with Mercury? Or is she going to finally realize that he's a piece of shit and go to Amos' side? And I was like, nope. <laughs> Amos had to put her down. And had to. <laughs> and he was so, he was like crying and super amazed. Like, I don't want to, don't make me do this. And again, it's like just living. He killed in her with one hand you're, too. You're making. Uh, you sure? Was was his hand blown up? Well, I thought I, I just I I haven't watched it since. This yeah, year. I think he got. Yeah, his yeah. Hand so he, was blown up. He, he he told her, "You got you know I'm I'm not gonna lie. If you if you're in my way, I'm going through you." And then put the gun up, and then Murtry snuck him, shot him with his bat, shot the hand off basically, and then, and then he, he shot the her. Most- she, well, who shot her? Who shot he, Way? He Amos shot Way. Murtry shot Amos. It was like all bam, bam, bam. Okay. And then he wheeled around to shoot Murtry. The way he G'd and just for, sheer force of just sheer willpower and training. The way he he's holding the gun with his right hand. So uh, left hand under like the barrel or whatever, and and right hand on the trigger and 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 grip. His hand on the trigger and grip gets blown to shit, so it's just gone at the wrist. And he just has to like do this like, ah, like kind of switch hands. <gasps> that was the most. Imp- I don't know. It, it just seems so simple, but that was like one of the most impressive gun wielding moves. I've seen out, you know. I've seen John Woo movies where they're like flying through the air, shooting backwards and through legs, and you know, RoboCop shot that guy in the dick through the lady's dress and stuff like that. But this was awesome. First off, his hand being blown up like right in the you know big screen, it was mm-hmm. it looked incredible. Uh, and then he was able to to, to switch hands and Mercury. It seems like Mercury had all of the advantage, and Amos should have been dead, but he was able to keep his cool, and it wasn't nothing. He's like, yeah, you know, it's just a hand. And then later on, <laughs> just, the beauty know, of the Rosinante, man. Digitally, like, print him a new damn hand yeah, from the rest. <laughs> Although, aren't wow. they doing that right now? In real, Aren't they 3D printing organs? Oh, Are sure. starting to do that? Art sales and like uh, uh, printed on the, the thing, um, but not not to you, that level. Or I, no, 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 not even that, that. But you or I, we couldn't be like, "Yo, I'm having some <laughs> kidney issues. Here comes some sales. Hook me up." They're gonna be like, "Yeah, 
So then they keep walking and they go to this area and it's like um it's like this I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like this thing that's just like spinning. And it's, he's based and Miller's in there with Holden. He's just like, Yeah, I gotta I gotta blow this shit up. Ooh, Brandon, it kinda looks like the uh uh who's the guy? Who and he get and, and the and the PlayStation Crash Bandicoot. Oh crash Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To like these like portals, and that's kind of uh, sort of what this thing looks like a little bit. And then, did Murtry show up there? Is that what happened? Like Murtry showed up on the bridge when Holden like was like, "Oh, I see you ran into Amos." He's like, "Yeah, I had to go around because that was a got to go situation." (laughs) And then uh, Akoye shows up, and because. Uh, Miller's, I mean, Holden's out of it, and Miller is fucked up, and then so she, she goes in that thing, right? Didn't she go in that thing? Went yeah, because Miller was like, I she can't be like the second accident. time around. It wasn't on purpose. She got like pulled in or knocked in. It, it, she did not. The idea, because Miller's like, don't touch it, don't go. You know, like the idea wasn't was to send uh, something else through, not her. And then you know she got her. You got what she wished for an episode or two before. I thought for sure she was going to go crazy after that. I just knew, like, she's going, like, it's a wrap for her. Because the way she was, like, the way they did it with the special effects with her just, like, spinning and just, like, going through it, I was like, mm, like, this is crazy. But, uh, I mean, not to make this part short, but we, I want to get to some of the other stuff. But essentially, yeah. they, uh, they, I guess turn everything off that bad proto Miller was turning on or whatever, mm-hmm. and it turns everything off. So to your, so I don't know if they talk about this in the book. So Mitch, I yeah. mean, Rich might more know more than us. But so does that mean like that Ill, uh, the new terror is just like okay for them to like go back and forth to now? Like they can just go there, like everything's turned off, yeah. so they can just go there and start mining. So and they stuff. can go mining uranium again, and everything's all good. I mean, yeah, 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 that, yeah that made it, it cool. So yeah, there was no yeah. issues. But, and I'm not going to spoil like future stuff, but the, the the big question is like who, you know, kind of the same we keep going back to Prometheus, which is a good analog for this. Like, who made this? Why don't we see him? And what killed them? Because that scares the crap out of me. Right. right. And so that that's pretty much the storyline that was happening on New Terror. So, okay, so then... Oh, go ahead, Travis. It was... Uh... Crap, I just, I, I oh, just we did forget the one part about when they were the part in space with the Rasanati. The, the fusion, well, because uh, when they turn, when Miller at the end, everything turns off, all of the planet deactivates, fusion worked again. So for like an entire week, there was no fusion. So the Rasanati couldn't come back. That's why they had to barricade themselves in, in the artifact because the Rasanati couldn't come down to get them because fusion didn't work. So they were going to have to orbit on battery power. And obviously the, the issue with that was if Fusion don't come back on, we're going to be dead in four or five, six, whatever, however long the battery runs out. And the Barbacoa had even way less time than that. They had to do a whole thing where they, they knitted, knitted a big t- tether to pull <laughs> the Barbacoa. And that was full of tension and Lucia's uh Oh, yeah, daughter. that reminds me. So Lucia is the one who basically set off the landing pad 
or I, I think what was ha- no, she, she tried to save them. Wasn't it? Wasn't it that she wanted? To, she wanted. She she wanted to blow up the landing pad while the RCE ship had plenty of time to go. Oh shit! Look at that. Our landing pad just blew up. I guess we can't land. That was the idea. Well, she was. She, the, the other belters were like, no, 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 no. We want them to land, and then we blow it up. And she's like, I ain't signed up for that. And they were like, then the guy like shoved her. She fell, hit her head on a rock. So conveniently. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's living with this and, guilt the whole time. And then this was an analogy. She wakes up. She yeah. wakes, she's like coming out of her daze. And she looks up and she sees the thing close to the landing pad. She makes a, a jump and she hits the button so it will blow up and kill as few people as possible. So she, yeah, 22 people died, but 72 people, pro- the, whole the whole ship, ship and everybody on it would, would, have, would, have been, would have been dead. And then she's living uh, with this guilt. And then her daughter is going through this thing where, which kind of leads into the other parts of the Belters, which we'll get to in a little bit, which this with this like, with this idea of like we don't belong on planets like we belong in space like i didn't like you brought me here but like i'm not really fucking with this i want to get back to the belt where i belong and so and she's basically like this is our chance to like the husband's just like this is our chance to like start a new life and be on a planet and walk around and see like water and trees and shit and so it's kind of hold this dichotomy that the belters are having between where's our place in this universe like do we belong in the belt forever or can we or should we aspire to have our own planet or you know have uh some type of uh terrestrial life Uh, i had some real issues with drummer and and her when we get to medina station with her whole uh with her outlook on whether to become an inner or stay out in space or whatever just okay cool so yeah so before we get to that, I want to talk about um, the election on Earth. So <laughs> the whole time I'm watching, the whole time rewatching this this week, I'm thinking this is every time I listen to the East Coast Cast VIP. This is this is the Rich and Travis, the <laughs> Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton argument because I'm watching this and I'm just like the they're having this debate and the. What was the girl? What was the woman's name that was running against her? Nancy Gal. Nancy Gal, yes. So Nancy Gal's running against her, and her whole thing, her biggest thing was basically like, listen, like you got all these worlds out there. Who knows what type of resources are out there? Like Earth is overpopulated. We have these job things where like people got to line up and like get their jobs, and nobody's able to get their job, or the only the only the rich or the elite are able to get these jobs, and all these rest of the people just stay in line for their whole life and never get picked to go to training. And, like, if we if we use these resources, you know, people could have jobs going out and exploring these planets and, uh, ter- and, like, colonizing these planets. And this could be, like, something that could make the people of Earth better. And then um, Christians is like, yeah, that's fine, but we just saw an asteroid almost destroy Earth because of something we can't explain. And I don't want to take the chance of ending human life by just letting people go out there. So like, they're having this argument. And so I'm watching this, and I'm just like, this is like the argument where people in politics are like with, there's like people, it's like the outsider versus the insider. Like sometimes you'll see, like, especially in the Democratic Party, you have like people who are coming from the outside who's never been in politics. And this is not a knock. This is just kind of how it is. And they're talking about like how things should be 
and how things, what, how much things could be better and how this should work and how that should work. And then you have the person that's like getting the briefings. Because like at one point in, during their debate, she gets called into basically like the situation room and it's basically like, hey man, like something is about to happen. You got to make a decision. Are you going to blow this up or are you going to let it go? Like what do you want to do? And so the whole time, like, Christian is, like, in these briefing rooms, like, in these rooms where she's seeing, like, all the crazy shit that's happening in the world. And then she has to go out there and debate somebody who doesn't know any of this stuff and is talking in in platitudes and to an extent. And she can't, but she can't say what's going on because it's top secret. So it's just like, if I'm in an argument with, like, the president and the president's in a CIA meeting or FBI meeting or a situation room, he knows or he or she knows all this shit that's going on. But if I'm like an outsider running against this person, I can just get on the stage and just say whatever the fuck I want to say because yeah. I don't know what's going on. And people will get behind me because they're just like, oh, this is what this is. And then the president who is president knows some other stuff, but they right. they can't say it. Like they just legally like you just can't talk about this stuff in public. So I just thought that was a fascinating analogy to real life. Well, to be fair to Nancy Gal, she she's in Abbasarala's cabinet, but she's yeah. not some complete outsider. She's a political animal herself. Remember, she comes in and resigns, and 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 Abbasarala's like, "Yeah, get out of here, little bitch." Yeah, but she and, seems like she was lower tier. But she's also playing yeah, the same. Was, like, but I'm saying she's in. She's not some outsider that has no idea of what happens oh, in yeah, the situation. Yeah. He might not but she's an outsider to the like, like to the Sanders rule. He's been in politics for thirty years, but he sees himself as an outsider because he's never been outside of like caucusing with Democrats in the power block. Yeah, stuff. sure. Yeah, but, and but, even to the point where she said, well, like, for thirty goddamn years, you can yes, as inside as it gets, Bernie. Like, what are you talking about? But <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I saw it as, like with her. And then the even when Avasavala, like, okay, I'm going to mention this one thing. And it fundamentally changes her in the TV series, which I love, versus in the book, which I was very conflicted with. In the show, it's clear that she's dealing with all these balls in the air. And once she starts making decisions, we get to see more of her than she was willing to let on in the first three seasons. Like when she got to that point where she used her son, which you'll get to, I'm sure, Brandon, like that was like. That was the point. Of, that was the Holden moment where she she's just like Amos, where she needs Holden because she clearly has no compass. Also, did they swap out her husband? Yes. Okay, I, I knew I wasn't tripping because I could have sworn Holden was another famous. Um, Wasn't that uh, the dude that played Babu on Seinfeld? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're all so on the same page. Now. How she he Runjan, her husband Arjun tells mm-hmm. her. You gotta play the game. Yeah, he did say that. She plays the game. But wait, wait, wait. There's playing the game, but that's his naivete, kind of the Brandon's point. She she plays the game, but he meant play the game like let's play politics, beat her, blah blah blah. Not like use my son as a nuke. <laughs> Our son, and it wasn't like she went out there and met, she was like like she said to him like that was all true. Excuse me that I that I positioned it in this. Uh, in this thing that would help me, but that's all true. I didn't go out there and lie on my son's name. But remember, it wasn't just the son that pissed him off. It was the fact that he saw she leaked the video footage. Oh, right, right, right. It yeah, wasn't the joke. That was... With, uh, that's right. Good call. Good uh, catch. She so was, he went... She, but here's the thing. 
She's been like she's yeah, been playing kind of the cutthroat game. the entire time, like all four seasons. But I think got to that position being cutthroat. Oh, and Brandon, that was I was going to throw out too in the book, and this doesn't change anything. So I I, I, I feel yeah, right. confident saying in the book she sent Holden to Illis to fail. Oh, really? Because she thought he would do the right thing, they would still do their dirt, and that would be a warning to all the other prospectors not to go to other planets. Oh, they kind of made it seem like that on this on the show. At least that's kind of but how she, I inferred it. Like I thought she, well, she told him, don't, don't don't stick your dick in every in it like you do everything else. So in the show, she's kind of like it seems like she she wants him to fa- uh, to to succeed. Right. He wants a win. So, but in the they made her win a Rasanati failure. They just did it right. differently because, yeah, yeah, you don't want to turn because that would turn the audience against. They, if she sent them there to fail, who's rooting for her throughout season four? Well, That's they what would say still to you. because they changed some of the stuff. And again, we're gonna get there. They changed some of the storyline on Mars to offset that because in the book. She gets to. She actually goes to Mars to get Bobby, as opposed to Bobby seeking her out. Well, that's what I was going to say to you. So, is Christian not just this season, but throughout all the seasons? Is she a baby face to you, or is she a heel? Because she's just she's a baby she's a promoter. Face. How about that? <laughs> she's a promoter. Like she knows whatever she has to do to get done. Like she's very pragmatic. So, like for me in the series and in the book. She's a woman that does what she needs to do. And there are moments like when she talked about her granddaughter on the racing ship and her son and like how she bonded with Bobby, where it's genuine, but it's mixed in with a person who's constantly thinking four or five, six steps ahead of everybody else. Because the first like the first season, when you first meet her, I'm like, she's clearly not a good person. Like she's clearly done some really fucked up stuff in politics. And then as stuff starts to be more messed up around her, she's it's like, oh, she's the best of a bunch of bad people, so we want to root for her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so then the next two seasons, she's she's great because, like, I just love how they – I just love how she – like, the char- the actress uh, plays her character. Like, she just has no like, – she just has no chill, basically. She'll say whatever comes Actually, in season four – Woo, they let it fly on Amazon now. <laughs> they, they just let it fly. It was so great just watching their characters. But the, for season two and three, you're just like, okay, like she's making these decisions, but she's basically doing things that are right most of the time. And then this season, you get into her, and she's completely playing the political game. Like, because the game, then season three, and the, uh, season 3.0, because season three was like the tale of two seasons, like two seasons in one. In, in the beginning, in that first half, her her main adversary is Aaron Wright, who's a mustache twirling villain, essentially. <laughs> so you're not gonna in any way you're not you're rooting for for uh, <clears throat> for for Christian the whole time. And then she gets with Bobby, and obviously we love Bobby Draper and 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 the whole thing. And it's not until she gets gets to you know becomes a Bjork or Becomes an elected official because before she was just a bureaucrat, which it seems to be her her best place to be, where she has power and can work behind the scenes, but isn't um, isn't in charge. And the final thing isn't going to come down to her, or at least officially. 
But when, once she actually has the power and control, it's, ugh, I hate this job. But all the machinations, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, you see her. She lights up. She's into it. And she's like, ooh, ah, mm. And then they're like, yeah, so we got debate, debate prep. She's like, ugh, that part of the job. Like, she hates the, the political glad Can you imagine part. working for her? That would be, I can't imagine being her age. Well, remember her assistant. Remember her number better. one from, what was it, season two? That dude was stressed. <laughs> and I take that. I take that job, even if I was like, okay, I'm only going. i maybe I'll last three months. And I mean, not that job, but a job around her, working directly under her, because I think she definitely, even if you only work for her for two or three months, would make you a better <laughs> worker and or whatever you do. Because she's not going to. De- she's going to demand like a certain level, and. Uh, so let's talk about some of the things that she did. So she invites Bobby to like this state's dinner type thing as like a guest of honor. So did you take that as a political move, like she was doing that to use Bobby, or did she just genuinely like you know I, you know you saved my life. I like you. I want to bring you to this dinner. It was. It was optics. I think it was, I think she thinks I think Christian thinks she was being uh you know one way when when really if you, she stopped and thought about it and I mean Bobby laid it out for her right there and there like oh, you just use me as a prop like come on and Bobby great yeah. tears in her eyes like he knew she felt used and you know and then Officer Rollick giving her even if she meant it in a good way it still came across as as patronizing when she goes Come work for me. Yeah, come work and Bobby's like, fam, you don't get it. Like, I, I, and then she just leaves. Um, but yeah, think, I, I, I think it was. I think it was a little of both, but more politics and visuals. Oh, I'm with. I'm with. I'm with Travis. I think it was a little of both, and I think just like you've been saying, she's such a political animal. It always is going to be a little bit of both. It's just you hope it's more helping me than helping her when it comes to things like that. And I think we see by the end, because remember when uh, Bobby calls her towards the end of this arc, she's like, you have the worst GD time. And like, she's so she's asking for the help you said you'd give her. But she's like, listen, that was like three days ago. Like right now, this is kind of messing with me. I lost all that power 12, like 12 hours ago. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's, I saw Bobby calling her. I was like, Bobby, now you want to? Yeah, she's been dealing with her own stuff, but it's I like, agree. Yeah. I think it was right. mostly optics, but she, I think she does have a soft spot for Bobby, and so she was just kind of like, you know, she's probably thinking like, I mean, Mars, because we'll get to it in a, little, in a little bit. Like Mars is going through it, so she's probably thinking like, yo, Mars is going through it. This can make me seem like you know, the best UN director because I'm actually going to make peace with Mars and bring over, like, their hero. and But also I can help her out, too. Like, she thought she was thinking all those things at once. Um, but it didn't – I mean, it turned out okay for her during the dinner, but at the end it wasn't kind of how she wanted. So then the second thing that she did was um, what do you think about her uh, leaking the uh, the story that uh, Nancy Gao, like, jumped the line? in the training, like the training lottery. I think that was the equivalent of Bernie Sanders is successful. His wife is successful at writing books and 
look at this second house they have, like the stuff that was on Twitter in 2016, where it was like, she's leaking it. And the people who don't understand, but like, are like, gonna, she thought they would balk at it. But then Gal just masterfully yeah, flipped yeah, it. She, yeah. I mean, I saw that and I was like, if I again to Travis's point, if you were, if Travis at that point was uh, Christian's assistant, she's throwing a, <laughs> a mug or something, and you're just gonna be like, all right, hand, her calls are gonna be canceled for the rest of the day. We're, uh, uh, we should tell tell everyone she's busy because she she did not see that counter come. Well, because she's arrogant and didn't read the political win because th- there was a gap like remember when she leaks the info it hurt gal and un and un and and then like a completely unskilled like if you're gal and you're going into the and you're going into you're debate, practicing that question you have to have an answer yes. for that right you know that that christian's going to throw it at you or a moderator asking it's a like, question yeah it's like it's the last debate where you're watching the whole debate and you're like when are they going to ask Bernie about saying Elizabeth Warren couldn't, like a woman couldn't win president? So, like, they're going the whole first hour. They say nothing about it. it. Did, yeah. You're like, it's it was, going to it happen. Was, he has to have an answer for this. It's just a rating ploy by the whole thing. That whole, and we're not going to get into real life shit, <laughs> but that whole thing was just like, oh, oh, and then they're going to drag it out for an hour to make sure they get the peak audience? Like, wow, is Vince McMahon booking <laughs> CNN debates now? This is, what is it? Um, but she just went out there with the same – everything in my life right now is ready player one. But it's like after the Sixers got to the second gate, they did not make – or when they got to the third gate, they didn't make a big sh- – they learned. They didn't make a big show and broadcast that they knew where it was and fortify it and basically show the whole world, oh, they found the gate. That's where they're barricading. That's where it must be. She, she, Gal learned, and she went out there with this, and Christian went out there with the same ammo, with the same technique, with the same tactics, mm-hmm. not understanding that her opponent is nimble and is going to have an answer for that. Not only an answer, an answer that's going to make, you saw the crowd shot after she gave her answer. People were like, well, yeah, how about that? And the visual of it, of Officer Hey, Bob, I got your back, Bob. Well, she's sitting here. She's up on that stage at that debate in the, I mean, looking like Christian Avasarov yes. looks, yes. right? I mean, flowing, ornate, like just top of the line outfit. And Nancy Gow's there with like a black skirt and you know, you know, some sensible shoes and a nice top and right. some pearls. She aoc her. <laughs> Talking about yeah. yeah, I had a I had a few advantages. But just the visual, it's like it's clear who's in, who has all the privilege and power now and who's throwing their weight around. But and, then she pulled the dude out of the crowd. That was the thing I thought that got me the most. It was like, yeah, there was someone I skipped on. Bob, Bob, can you stand up, Bob? That's right. And all the Bob oh, yeah, people that, that she put that Bob put on. She's like, so not only did I, yes, I might have skipped the line, but I put my hand back and pulled up all those people behind me. I was like. Oh my god, that's that was such a, a good answer too. Yeah, she walked right into that one. So I, yeah, I'm watching that, and I'm just like, 
because here's the thing about this show. When I always talk about it's like real life, like that that whole the whole political drama, like the, not the whole show's a political drama, but the whole um, political drama in terms of uh, Christian and, and Lily. I mean, not Lily and Nancy. Um, it's like something straight out of real life. Like literally, mm-hmm. how the entire arc played out is exactly how you can see something playing out in real life politics. Like, like almost down to the exact type of questions. Like you can literally see somebody in politics being like, "Oh, I found out that like your dad got you into University of Pennsylvania. What are you gonna say about that?" And then some like so somebody that's supposed to be like like so, let's say somebody from the squad is like running for something. Like like running for a bigger office, and then some establishment person is just like, "Oh, you talk all this stuff about anti-establishment, but your dad got you into Columbia, blah blah blah," and then they just go off on like, "Yeah, I did that, but then I, you know, I worked in, I worked in the Bronx and did this or whatever." Like you can see that exactly happening, right. exactly how it happened on the show. It was so great to me. So then, like, so then she does the thing with her son, right? Then she's like going to, like after that answer, she's going down like the polls, like they're starting to turn on her, and like the polls are getting really close. And in some polls, Nancy's winning, and she's just like completely paying attention to the polls, while at the same time she's handling this other shit that's going on, like this national security stuff. Which I think she kind of made the right decisions on those things. Uh, did you guys think she made the right decision um, shooting the yeah. shooting the trying to shoot the thing down? I mean, not shooting the thing down, telling her. Um, didn't she tell the crew to like board it and stuff? Yeah, they, 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 they go after Marco and Norris. Yeah, after Marco. Yeah. They had a few. The general guy gave her a few options, and and the one that had the lowest chance of success, but you know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. High political reward. Yes, but very high civilian and, and military uh, uh, risk. It was like. You think Marco Inaro, like he served himself up on a platter. You know, it's like y'all didn't do any like digital forensics. Like, was this some kind of fake picture? Was this because he wasn't on that ship? Obviously, he's, you know, as we saw later, basically the cliffhanger for going into season five, he's headed to Earth or just shot off some stuff at Earth or whatever he did. So he's not on that ship, never was on that ship. It's obviously a big ruse. That, that 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 is being uh, 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 perpetrated by the OPA or factions in the OPA, and um, and even her general that that she got to execute the thing the next day retire uh, resigned. Yeah, he just walked in like I'm done. Yeah, like you did this for poll for poll a poll bump, and it backfired. So you're not even gonna get the poll bump, and I'm out. How you how you feel now, Christian? That's basically how he looked at it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was terrible. And then, and then after that, like, then she brings her son into it. So, like, Rich, what did you think about that? Um, that decision by her and um, that being part of her character. Like, did you think that was part? Did you think that was in her character that they've put on the show to do something like that? Because I always thought that like that would be the thing that would be off limits. Because they kind of allude to her son like multiple times. Like she's talking to Holden. And stuff mm-hmm. like that, but they never really go into it like fully. And so I'm watching this, and I'm just like, she's not gonna do this. She's not gonna do this. And then she like fully does it. And her husband's basically like, "Yeah, dog, I need some space." Because <laughs> she's like, "Let's go, yeah. like, let's go to um, what do they call it? Um, they had like a vacation mood. What was it, Luna? She's like, "Let's go to Luna for a vacation and just chill." And he's like, mm, 
I'm good. Hey, I have a headache. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think about that, Rich? Well, I mean, I love the way they showed it on the screen because we all get suckered in because she basically takes the L at that funeral. Even though, like, as you guys are talking about the general with the forensics, the general also never gave – Travis mentioned this on, when we were talking about this on the East Coast cast a little bit. The general never gave a decision. So when he gets all huffy and, and like, I, I, I just got to resign. It's like, well, you were supposed to be the military advisor. You never advised, dog. You were just like, oh, I guess you could do this or you could do this. Well, no, 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 no. He specifically said this – if you take this option, it has the lowest chance of success. He, get, he laid it out in the military. Like, he gave her all the options. He says, if we do this, we could just shoot the bitch out the, out, the, out the sky. And that's obviously, you know, and she's like, yeah, but if we can get Marco Anaris and make an example out of him. Yeah, the ooh, wall. That, it's like putting looking, the drugs on the she's table. Thinking, she's the, <laughs> I'm I love those, like, small town bus when they got, like, a, you know, an eighth of weed, you know, a couple four locos. And, like, like what do you Say a bus all on the table, like three guys <laughs> all spread out. I'm thinking about uh, super troopers, so that's all she wanted. She wanted that perp walk, that bumping, and he knew it, so he gave her all, all, all yeah, the but he, like you said, he knew this isn't a person who was like a conflicted general, like my men. He was just like, Well, we can do this, or we can do this. Like, What's there wasn't talking? any, like, I as an example, look at how later on when we see the OPA, how. Homegirl looks stupid because she was voting for Marco to die, and everybody else was like, "Well, uh, it was that gif of the dude at the club, like uh, side eyeing everybody, and then sipping on his drink because she yeah. thought she had the votes <laughs> to fire him out the airlock." And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Go ahead." Christian wanted her Chappelle show. Remember on Chappelle show when he did yeah. the Black Bush, and then he's yeah. like the. Um, they have a, I mean, George Bush actually did this, but they had, like, the mission accomplished Mission thing. accomplished. And he's, just, he's like, look how I came down that plane. He's just, like, he's celebrating like, in front of everybody. She was, she was going to take that dude. She was going to take that dude. She was going to go on TV and parade him around. Like, look what I did. This is the per- – This is because, you know, the people on Earth is racist towards the, the Belters anyway. Belt. So they already hate the Belters. So he's like, look, look at this Belter – Trying to destroy we us. We got these slow twitch muscle driver looking <laughs> sloth footed. Also, Rich, so you can answer this question. So, yeah. in the Expanse world, right, is the Secretary mm-hmm. General of the United States like the ruler of the world? It's like, yes. is she like the, like, she's basically like the president for like all countries? Earth. Yeah. Okay, so they, each country doesn't have a president anymore. No. Okay. And it's because of the fact that they've expanded so much. The expanse, ergo the expanse, that like Earth itself, especially after the Martian War, and then you know now the events of what Marco did in this season. Uh, yeah, there's a, that the, we got problems, dog. The UN in the expanse world is basically every like Illuminati conspiracy guys. Like I knew it, one world government is the NWO. It really is exactly yeah. that. Yeah. It is exactly that. The UN is a one world government. It's it's Earth. It's no more United States. It's, but it's you know, not even just all... Earth because doesn't Mars have like a UN ambassador? And like, cause then wasn't there have like a UN ambassador from Mars that would come over? Were they completely separate from the UN? Well, yeah, so separate. the UN ambassador is a representative from the Martian government because Mars doesn't see itself as part of Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. 
So then at the end, um, she loses. And, yep. and Nancy is going to be the new Secretary General of the United Nations. Okay, I kind of forgot what happened. But what did Alvarado lose by? Like two, three points? Yeah, she lost by, I think, two percentage. Two yeah, percentage she didn't get points. smoked or anything. So, okay, so at the end, okay, I don't, because I'm mm-hmm. trying to have, I'm having trouble remembering this. Were they yeah. setting up that, like, Nancy was in on some of this stuff? Like, do you, like, no. what I got from this was that she was in on some of this other stuff that's going on with the belters and stuff. Like, because the way I took it was like this whole conspiracy, we'll get to this when we get to Bobby next. But, like, this whole conspiracy with, like, the Belters working with Mars. I thought that, like, she was in on it from Earth. And she was part of that whole conspiracy thing. I don't think they needed what they needed, what they need for this plan to succeed. I don't think they needed. They needed Earth just to be arrogant, like what she, what, what Christian did. Like, jump the gun, uh, play into their tricks, like with the Marco on that passenger ship thing. Uh, oh, yeah. They were just like, oh no 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 no. We just put a, we just set the trap here, we'll, and everything will fall into place. Meanwhile, you know, as we'll get to Bobby, they're just under the radar, just weaponing up, ammoing up, shielding it up, and you just don't know what are they, what are they? What, somebody's building something, uh, and then yeah, but yeah, we'll get and, yeah. So with Nancy, no, no, and yeah. it, it's it's sad because. Nancy is like you were saying earlier, like the the eternal argument Travis and I had with like Bernie Hillary at all. She was legitimate in her desire, but now we just had Earth bombarded, and uh, yeah, and and so Earth and remember Christian was already on that mission as like the outgoing president, doing her paperwork, so she wasn't on Earth when the Earth got bombarded. Yeah, so. Uh, before we get to Bobby, Travis, where do you where do you see uh, what's next for uh, Christian now that she's not in charge anymore, going forward in the story? Um, I think by the middle of season five, somebody, whether it's Gal or other powers that be, are going to be asking for her advice on various things. So she's going to be back to her, <clears throat> her old role. behind the scenes bureaucrat thing, making making moves behind the scenes and wielding power without uh, being in the spotlight where she should be. And Rich, I know you read the book, so you already know. So I'm not going to ask you. So you can okay. Spoil it. <laughs> so you can spoil it for us. Uh, I'm going to be like, you know what? Christian Avasavala is on season six of 24, <laughs> and she's chilling. Um. All right, let's go to Mars. If everybody's, I think, I think I can say this. Everyone's favorite, uh, Bobby. Yeah. Because I, I fucking, I think actually, I think my favorite character is probably Christian. Um, mm-hmm. but Bobby and Amos are like tied for second. Um, as far but as see, Travis used to have Bobby as like his favorite, but then because you know the series got put on hiatus with them running out of money and being canceled, she had to lose weight and be a normal human for a couple of months and then start filming. So now she doesn't look like her Samoan werewolf persona. He was like, you know, the first couple of episodes, he's like, who is this skinny, fake Bobby Draper? I don't see narrow vein that he went full of his bed. There's no vascularity. I said the same thing. I literally said the same thing. I don't think I said that. 
Yeah, we were talking the, when we first started talking. When I mentioned that Brandon had mentioned the show, and we were on the East Coast cast, you mentioned that like she had TCK two times. Like, well, she ain't gonna be lifting like that. To, she had to lose twenty must pounds of muscle weight because she had to do other jobs. She was doing modeling, and I usually don't notice that kind of stuff. But you said she wasn't thick. There was, and then you made a cushion joke because you made cushion jokes. Oh. I mean, He's like, I'm I blacked out. That doesn't sound like me, but that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> I mean, I love Bobby no matter what. So was like, and a lot of that, she was in her power suit all the last season. So it's kind of, you know, she, she, yeah, she was 6'6", six, six, 250 because she was in the power suit. No, I'm talking about outside of the suit. Room. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I, I believe it. If I said it, if I said it, I guess. But. So then, so basically we catch up with Bobby and so you would, th- like, so Mars is so hardcore that, like, Bobby basically saves the world, basically, was part of the team that saved the world. She come back to her homeland. They're like, yeah, remember that time you turned on us? Yeah, dog, you are out of yep. here. <laughs> and so she got dishonorably discharged. They got her doing, like, co- like commoner work. I hate to use that word, but she's basically a No, no, now. like, man, she's like maintenance, like. Yeah, she's, like, they got her working on shipyards and. Just doing shit, and I'm just like God requisitioning. Damn. He's now requisitioning in the shipyard, old uh, breaking down, decommissioning old ships, and then taking out, taking out all the various components and technology and stuff, and warehousing it, and you know whatever. Yeah, yeah she's, she's basically homeboy from Jedi Fallen Order before he remembers <laughs> yeah, he's a Jedi. Yeah, right. this, then you because you find out that like after the war is over. Like, Mars was basically a, a civilization built on war. So, like, their whole economy and every and their, like, their advances mm-hmm. was all driven by war and the pursuit to, like, win this Cold War and eventually real war with Earth. That, like, that, dro- that drove their technology advances. That drove all their economy. Because if you remember the first few seasons, they would talk about, like, how everybody has a job on Mars and... Everybody has a nice house on Mars. Not not lazy like Earthers yeah, who lazy. get their universal basic income and they watching Sally Jesse Raphael smelling like Cheetos and shame. And so you join them now and, and like there's like a peace period. And so they're like destroying all these war because you got because you got to think you got all these warships and weapons with no war. Yeah. Like like what are you gonna do with all this stuff? So they're like commissioning them. Yeah, recommissioning them. Yes, they're like taking it, to, but they're not even. But they're like just taking it and just leaving it. They're just putting it in like storage. It's just like okay, we're gonna take this apart. This, just leave this it is something somebody else brought up, and I was like, oh yeah. It was like, why did Mars leave that kind of shit around so black market could create it? Like, why didn't they just sell the shit themselves? Like, yeah, uh, okay. because it's basically like think about what happened with the Soviet Union when like Chechnya. And some of the other socialist republics had nukes. And when they had the peace accords and forgot to get the nukes, people started selling stuff. Like, that's basically what a, a planet of that. Like, in, right, but, but in for Mars, they have 150,000 nuclear weapons or nuclear warheads that they could have used to, to, to fire at Earth. But they can't sell those without getting in trouble for the peace agreement. I understand that. But there's... A lot of other things besides 150,000 warheads. There's shielding and, I mean, all the things that they were, uh, the ships. I don't understand yeah. why Mars wasn't saying. But who they sell it to? Who, who the fuck ever? I mean, I, I guess it's it. like, it's either Earth or Mars. Are you saying that Mars is 
their thought process is we're just going to hoard this shit because we don't want nobody else getting it. They would have been better off destroying it. Well, you would think that they would be like... Think about, like, the Rosinante. Like, think about how pissed they were that, like, Holden and them have the Rosinante. That's one... That's, like, basically their version of the Defiant. Oh, they cleared that up, too. When, when, uh... When... Because I think that was an ongoing question throughout Season 3. It was like, why are Mars, like, going, give us our damn shit back? But they, uh... You know, obviously, she, she pulled some strings... Blah blah blah. The peace treaty came through, and then they were able to re- keep the ship and rename it. I, they kind of like hand waved it, but at least they had, they addressed it because it, yeah. people people were like, Mars wouldn't be like, oh yeah, we just got a loose ship out there renamed, out there doing all kinds of heroic stuff with a, a, a Alex isn't a term coat, but like a, I mean, I guess kind of, sorta. I mean, yeah. yeah, Alex has his issues. Alex is like. But he's not like, on Mars dealing with it. He didn't go back. Like, I ain't going back to that, but they're going to kick my ass. Bobby was like, let him die. I'll look him dead in their face and be, and be like, give me a job, bitch. I'm Bobby Draper, hero of the, of, the, of the galaxy. Alex's wife was just like, hey, yeah, I'm glad you're alive, but I'm good, bro. I'm good. You don't need to come back to me. <laughs> but, yeah, Mars is like... A little secret joint, like, yeah, dad, I miss you. You know, I know you can't come back, but mom, you know, talk to <laughs> Mars is like what happens when you don't have a goal anymore. Like I always say this, and it's like, like when you think about like the United States, right? In the in the sixties, dude, somebody gets like they're having this Cold War with Russia. Dude gets on TV is like, we're gonna go to space, and by the end of my term, we're gonna, we're gonna go to the moon. From so you basically go from like nothing to going to the moon in like ten years. Or something like that. Like we, because we had a goal. It was like we're in this war. We got to outdo this other country. We got to come up with shit. And so, like all these inventions and stuff are just coming up. Like we're just like space expansion, all this stuff like that. And then you go from like the time we went to the moon to now, and like we've done more stuff, but like exponentially, like at the rate that we were going, it was not even close. And it's because it's like we don't have to the anymore. Competition. Like uh-huh. there's no comp- We're not at war. Like it's. We're not like back then. Like it's crazy to think, but like people are like they're gonna go to the moon and set up like a weapon that can like wipe us off the planet, <laughs> which could probably happen now or or sometime in the near future. We probably could do something like that. But back then it was like we got to get there first, and it's like this whole thing. And so Mars's whole life has been guided by this war with Earth, and now they don't have it. And so when we join up with Mars, not only is Bobby like that, but we find out that like she meets this dude, and he's been like he hasn't got any placement. So he's like this really well qualified dude, but he's not getting the job placement anywhere. So you you go around. Right, she's impressed as a as a as a prolific and high or former high ranking and you know high uh, performing military uh, marine. She was impressed with him, like and like when he read when he gave her like yeah I'm this I'm that I did an airship and all all his credentials and bona fides. She was like mm. like oh okay Thomas. She's and like, he and she's like, this guy can't get a job. Like, what the fuck is happening to this planet? And then you meet like the police detective, who's secretly like a like a a weapons black market dealer. But Brian, he's Brian. he's like his whole thing at the end. I mean, I'm jumping around, but his whole thing is like, Bobby, are you dr- like, are you seeing this shit? Like, we've been trying to. Rich talked about this earlier. We've been trying to terraform Mars for two hundred years. Look out the window. I don't see a blade of grass. I don't see nothing like no flowers, like not a drop of water, no, no clouds. 
there, yeah, there was a guard. Like he's like, there's nothing. He's like, y'all. He, she's like, he's like, you think Mars is gonna keep putting money into terraforming this planet? You think the the government's gonna put money into terraforming this planet when there's thirteen hundred planets out there that could sustain life that we don't need to terraform that you can just go and live on? Why would anybody waste money and time doing that? Like Mars is going down the hill. You need to get the fuck out of here right now. And she's just like. She, in the beginning, she's just basically like, well, this is my home or whatever like that. And so, but I'm just jumping around. But basically what's happened with Bobby is she she finds out that, like, some people, are, like, she finds out that her son, her, not her son, her nephew is, like, hooked up in this in this whole deal. And so because she's a fucking badass, she rolls up into, like, the drug place and just, like, destroys her. By the way, that fight scene was great. She basically destroys everybody by herself. And then just with her hands in that tight space, and granted, they weren't. No, they had some goons. Yeah, it wasn't goons. just uh, yeah, it wasn't just pixie girl uh, with the purple hair. Uh, there were some real, you know, some real goons, but and some stakes. Uh, but yeah, she did. But before that, she did detective work because she's like noticing her nephew's like skittish and acting weird, and she follows. She follows him. And that's uh, how she notices he's that scumbag. She basically he's grabbed him by stuff. his ear. You know, like the thing you see in like sitcoms where you're like, come here, little boy, and just grab him by the ear. She basically did that shit to him in front of him. She's like, why are you embarrassing me in front of my girlfriend, auntie? Basically. And so, why are you embarrassing me in front of my crime friends? Damn. So then she's like, noble Bobby. She's like, I'm going to go to the police and I'm going to report, like, I'm going to report this shit. And. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm gonna put you with this detective, and then the detective is the same dude. And I was like, this is so great because that's exactly. That's well, what well, I think that's. I think you're. <clears throat> that comes later. Didn't they kind of just go? That's it. We're out. And I don't think she called the cops initially. Oh no! <laughs> what happened was she went to her boss. Remember, she goes to her boss, and she's like, "Yeah, I found out that they were doing this and this." And I stopped it or whatever, and then the boss is like, eh, you, know, "You could probably, I could probably make some good money like that." And then she's like, but again, what? "But again, the first, the first stuff with the nephew was the drug. They were he, the nephew was like, I got some good chemical chemistry oh, skills. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to deal with." And when she bust up, it was like the drug lab. So that was like a supplemental thing. So Esai, the cop, well, we find out he's a cop later. He gets involved and goes, you work for me now to pay off not only oh, yeah, that's his right. debt, but the shit you, bu- you busted up a whole like drug laboratory. And then, she, and then he finds out that she works with all the weapons. And spills up, and spills all our shit. So you're going to help us now. Yeah. And then he gives her the ultimatum and she goes, you know, I, I guess she pretends like, okay. And then she went to the cops. Like, oh, it's this whole underground thing. They want me to steal fucking equipment. I don't know what's going on. They put her with the detective it's e- or the chief or whoever. It's Esai. It's the crime boss guy. And she's like, you're a fucking cop. Like, God damn it. <laughs> so she knows right The through. best part was him doing the, this is being recorded for quality assurance purposes. How may I help you? <laughs> that was so good. And so- I love the privacy bubble that they can uh, put over there themselves. Like they're in a, at his desk and it's an open, you know, think not a call center because it's not cubicles, but it's just other cops and detectives detecting and answering calls and stuff. But there's a 
what looks, you know, I guess in the lamp or whatever, they can put uh, a privacy thing of, it's you know, like the, um, what's the thing from Get Smart? Remember Get Smart in the 60s? He oh, had the like cone a, of silence. The cone of secrecy, a cone of silence. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing would come over and you couldn't hear anything outside of it. It's like the futuristic part of that. But yeah, so basically, he gives, he's basically like, listen, man. And then he get then he tries to play to her like, listen, you see this shit like you're a marine like you got all this stuff, and they got you doing this remedial job like, don't you want to make some money like we you know we got the we can sell these weapons we can make some money, and so she kind of reluctantly does it to start. Not weapons, not weapons. She refused to do oh, yeah, weapons. She refused to do weapons, so she starts breaking doing these other things, <laughs> and then it was like, um, it's like um, it's like on any type of like show. Where like, uh, like a cartoon where like the the good person goes bad. It, the funny thing to me was like her whole, her whole outfit started changing. It was like um, her hair. Her hair her changed. Hair. It was like um Tony McGuire when he got the vent, the symbiote in the in the Sam Raimi Spider Man, and he starts walking down the street doing all the different stuff. Like she completely changed her whole personality. The first few episodes, you got the librarian slash military bun. You know, hair up tight, man. It, you know, like orderly and book. By the end, by by episode ten, you'd have thought she was John Morrison and his entrance. She's just in slow motion. Her hair's just flowing and shiny and lustrous. She's just looking all kinds of good. She's and, in a super super high end hotel with the view. She's getting booty calls with the dude. Giving her waffle, gifts and shit. The waffle delivery. Yeah, waffle deliveries. I was like, Bobby, uh, you kind of got into this uh, new lifestyle real quick. Like, real quick, you got into it. And so, uh, and you guys can jump in anytime. But so then they get to, uh, eventually it leads up to, like, the uh, what's the de- what's the detective's name again? I always forget his name. Some of an E. Esky? S- I forget his name. Eastside. Eastside, yeah, Eastside. So basically, Eastside comes to them and basically like, all right, we got this one big score. Like, it's this, it's this big score. We're going to hit this big score, and then I'm out. And the whole time, she, he's explaining. He's like, it's easy. All we got to do is show up at this place. We're going to get these weapons. And we're ten times more of the normal payout for like <laughs> ten times less the work. And from the jump. And this is like the second or third gig that this new guy that Eastside's dealing with is giving them. And she's shady. She thinks he's uh, he's shady and she's like super suspicious of the guy from the jump. And like she, because remember, in the first job, they, they, they fuck up and she has to go and risk her whole shit and put on the power suit and uh, she only got like whatever two, you know, seven minutes worth of air and she goes, climbs up the thing turns the thing manually. She sees the guy over there and then, you know, passes out and she turns on the thing to let them in and then they resuscitate her and get her back. But they were set up to fail. <clears throat> they just, because she's dope as fuck, just had to, you know, uh, pass because she's so great and uh, sheer force of will, she made it happen. And then the second job, or maybe the third one, was the too good to be true one, which, like, was, you know, right? It was too good to be true. Yeah, and so then she shows up at the place, and uh, it's like a whole shootout. <laughs> like it's a whole shootout, 
And the dude is like, listen, he, she show, oh, before that, she goes to his house and meets his remember kids. She, oh, go ahead, Travis. Well, remember, she quit. She's like, nope, I don't want in on this. And they're like, and the Pixie Girl was like, I bet. You know, she we don't have to split us. it three, three ways, three or four ways instead of five or whatever it was. It's down one. Like, okay. And she did not mind, even though it's like, bam, that's Bobby, you've seen what she can do and what she's capable of. Why would you not want her on your on your team? And if she thinks something's going, but they, everybody sees that big score, and that's the whole point. Uh, but Bobby quit, and but she showed up to the. She knew where the details, and she showed up anyway and got herself involved in the, in the big shootout. Yeah, and so then she kind of basically finds out that like. This is a whole conspiracy. Like this is a whole conspiracy going on here, and it's like much, much deeper than just some like illegal weapons. Because she finds out that they're like shipping these weapons to the to the Belters into like Marco's ring, mm-hmm. and um, and we're about to go to that. But then basically at the end, um, she calls and Christian. they just dropping clues about what kind of because it's a very specific what they what they want. And a lot of it has been shielding, and and, and then the last one was one of them was weapons. And she's like, "I told you, I don't want to do weapons." Uh, but most of it was shielding, and then that comes in at the very end. Yeah, then she calls Christian. I was like, "Hey, what about that job? Like, that job's still there? You got that job for me?" Um, <laughs> and she's like, "Off the earth." So, Rich, uh, what'd you think about Bobby's arc? Well, I mean, the one thing I enjoyed about Bobby's arc was, and I told Travis this when we were doing uh, East Coast cast, when they did, like, with, with the way it works in the books is, this was like a little novella. So the fact they put it into this season was perfect because in the books, you just miss Bobby for like a book and a half. And there's no Bobby. And so with this, the only trade-off was in the book, this story of Mars and everything we're learning was from the perspective of the nephew who you learn to hate because it's his internal monologue. Like, so imagine a 15 year old who's so horned up. He doesn't realize that pixie girl is just using him, And he thinks the most awesome woman on the planet is just a jerk and is mean and drinks too much. And that's all you got to hear from that side of it. And so seeing this, I'm, I get to see Bobby as the, justice league member she should be as opposed to this albatross they portrayed her as in his little book and so yeah this was great and bobby the descent into her glow up and then finally her realizing that she needs help was great and i was really surprised that they um had the time really with so many so few episodes to give you the perspective not only of someone who feels like she was betrayed by her planet but of a veteran that can't even get basic needs met, even in, you know, the 200 years in the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I really enjoyed Bobby's arc, but the thing about it with me was I just thought, I thought it was entertaining, but I also thought it was, like, funny at parts. Like, part of this was so funny to me because at one point, homeboy comes back and it's like, Bobby, guess what? I got a job. <laughs> they put me somewhere, and she's basically like, bruh, this ain't no real job. You're going to be there for like six months and then they're going to boot you out because Mars is going down the hill. And he's like, well, I want you to come with me. And she's like, mm, I'm good, bro. I'm not going anywhere with you. Well, 
Well, he was going to to mine an ice something, ice mining. I don't know if it was. I I, I guess it would be for Mars. So I guess she, she would have a point, but I don't know was his his job that insecure. I mean, I thought the whole point was. Well, I think what she was saying was like a pitch Mars to him is, or from him to her was like, "Yo, I got this ice mining job. Come on, like this is like one of the." This is like I, I got it. Like, yeah, I, I I lucked out. I got a spot, and you know, I think even with what he knew about Mars's decline, I don't think he would be stupid enough to to take a job and say, "Come with me," if if it was going to be gone in six months. I don't think he knew it would be gone in yeah, six months. Yeah, I think he was being more naive. Cause okay. I, yeah, because I think she's basically like, "Bro, like people about to go through these rings. Why would anybody be here?" Like, it's a rat for Mars. Like, it's naive Bobby, who was very naive about that point, yeah. finally coming to terms and, like, nah, fan. And she was drinking beer and <laughs> ready to snap on time. <laughs> right. Because remember, Travis, like, one of my favorite videos, I got to see if I can find it, and I was trying to send it to both of y'all, um, was that first time we meet Bobby when she's on the plane and she's getting the rest of the Marines fired up. Because they had that like oorah thing about how weak Earthers were and like what they do compared to Earthers, yeah. like that's still in the back of her head. Like for every ten miles I'm running on Mars, there's an Earther running twenty. Where now she's been to Earth, like nobody ain't nobody running anywhere. <laughs> like, like so she's still rectifying like what she grew up with in this harsh life, this crazy, uh, you know, combative world of not just kind of like Amos. She is an Amos where she's like a victim of trauma, but she, she I guess, I guess it may, I'm, I'm talking myself into it. She actually is because she grew up on a planet where they were told this is what you have to do to be better than Earth. But now no one wants to be on Earth or Mars and it could be easier. Yep. And so that leads us to the last part of the review, which is uh, what's going on with the Belters. And mostly, most of the Belters, most of the Belters that we saw this season was with um, drummer and God, I always Ashford. forget his name Ashford yes uh, on on the Medina and they were they were inside the ring right isn't that where the Medina yeah. was stationed so yeah they're inside the ring and so basically they are dealing with this idea for first of all when you first meet them they're just having this basically political like ideology ideal ideological discussion about what's best for belters because they're basically like they're basically like oh yeah they gave us this ship we're getting input on decisions but also belters are trying to go through the ring and they keep telling us that they can't go and part of them thinks they should go and other parts that they should they can't go and it's like a complete flip from season three because at that point ashford was like the hardcore like you know i'm i'm what was it god damn yeah. it Hardcore, just like it was like OPA. Was yeah, I'm like I'm hardcore OPA. Like I'm all for the Belters. Fuck these inners. Like you know, we got to do what's best for us. And then now he's like, eh, you know, I'm still for the Belters, but like we kind of gotta, we kind of gotta. There's make gotta it be right. some kind of order if we want. If we want to have a place at the table, it's gotta be a stable place. It can't be some fly by night place at the table because everybody can just wait you out. Like ah, they'll. They'll collapse. They won't be around in a decade or in that position of strength in a decade. Um, 
And also, this is when Drummer goes off. Well, I think <laughs> this is when Drummer goes off. Yeah, that's off what I was going to ask you. What'd you. You said you had something to say about Drummer. Yeah, goes off on, like, the belters that want to go in and settle. And she's like, you're, you're making that decision. You're making that. De-. She's like, yeah, you're making a decision. You got a choice. But you're make but your ch- your children don't I'm like yeah okay uh, drummer that's 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 how it works. But also, like, drummer's not talking about the fact her parents made the decision and made her a belter. Right. Like they didn't right. have well, to give birth to her. her make, no, no, like her. someone made the decision because like, that's the thing with the belters. Remember, you have to give birth and raise the kid in the, in Hatmo, not not on her, not on a earth or mars so because of that you're damning that kid to all the crap that comes with it right right that's how that's how life works you don't get the it's by luck it's by sheer chance where you're born and at what time in the time of the universe you're born like we're all here now we didn't have any choice of of that that's how it works drummer <laughs> like I mean, she's just stating the obvious in this like self righteous. I'll stay in space forever. Like uh, okay, you stay in space. Don't like condemn or like look down your nose at the belters that want to go and homestead and make a life on a planet or on with a surface and a sun above them and a sky. Like that. Like that's their decision. But she would just had this overly dramatic, like looking down at that decision. I just thought, like, wow, how uh, highfalutin, like not highfalutin, but how like belt this just purest belter thing. Like that's weird, drummer. Like I love drummer. I love drummer. She's the best. And that one promo, I was like, that sounds like some. <laughs> You know, like I know where that can go, drummer. Like what? Yep. I'm not saying you you can do what you want, drummer, but you should also be like, oh, they can do whatever they want. I, I'm not going to make that decision. But to be like, they're okay. your children. Like, okay. Next thing you know, you talking about eugenics and <laughs> you know all kinds of weird weird shit. But yeah. So then you later find out. I mean, we later find out that. Um... The weapons that the people that Bobby's working with are part of the things that's being like uh, shared, shipped and sold to Marco Anaris, who's like Marco Anaris is basically like uh, this dude that's like a like a, a renegade from the OPA, and he's basically like, listen, it's all fine and good, like that y'all got this truce with Earth and Mars, but that's just not gonna last, and they're gonna turn on us, and we're gonna be right back to being the same belters that we always were. And, and the same thing with the New Worlds. We're going to go to the New Worlds. We're going to settle there. And then they're going to show up and take away all our stuff and put us right back in our place because they don't respect us and they don't think us we're human beings. And that's never going to change unless we make it change. And so he's basically like that type of dude. And so uh, Drummer and Ashford got to decide, like, hey, man, what are we going to do with this dude? Because they basically get this intel that, like, he's out here about to play in something big. Like, what are we going to do about this? And so they catch him the first time. So that's what I was going to ask you and Rich. So the first time they catch him, do you think they mm-hmm. – I mean, obviously, ultimately, we know it was a bad decision to not kill him. But at the time when you were watching it, were you pro, let like, not killing him? Or were you like, yeah, you got to space this dude? I was like, yeah, you got to space this dude. 
I thought that dude, that any any time like like any video game, any movie, anytime a dude like that shows up, you put two in the back of their head and throw them out of airlock. Like, hey, it's the guy in Forrest Gump. Like, why'd you let him go? And then he came back and shot. Uh, uh, not Forrest Gump. I'm sorry, Saving Private Ryan. Then he came back yeah. and shot uh, Tom Hanks. Like, what the? See, if you didn't, just... <sighs> it was probably up him. He was the worst. God damn it! Throw him off a bridge. Uh, but who was yeah. the one that voted no? It was it was Drummer, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Drummer who voted like no. Like... Drummer, who was going to vote yes, <clears throat> but she only voted no. Because she didn't want to be the decide because it ended up being her. Oh she had the God. deciding vote, and she didn't want to be the one. And she want she didn't want a, an inner, an inner clan uh, war. You know, she didn't want the factions fighting. So she made the magnanimous decision, at least at the time, to 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 go with the majority or to make it the majority to let them go because of the specific factions that voted. To let him go, and she was just like, eh. so she was playing it politically instead of uh, she. You know, it's almost if this was last year, if this was a different time, or last season, I should say, she might have uh, made a different decision. But she's a different person. She's going through some stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the point. And then, and then, Ash, and Ashford backed her up. I mean, showing the strength of. Their relationship, like later on when they when the UN showed up, like what the fuck did y'all let him go for? And you know they're Earthers and, and don't and hate the belt and they're looking down at him with disdain. And Ashford had her back and was like, you know, it was a di- diplomatic uh, good decision in the moment and blah blah blah. He he said the line she said uh, drummer said to him earlier, and then she turned and kind of looked at him like, okay, wait to have my back, Ashford. I appreciate it. And uh, when they left, when the UN left after their like meeting and assessment of whatever what happened and catching it, Marco and letting them go, he was like Ashford said to drummer, "Yeah, those guys were measuring, measuring, uh, measuring the windows for size for curtains or something." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hell is that? He's like, "Oh, it's some, it's some ancient collo- colloquialism." Because <laughs> she's like, "What the fuck? Is, what's a window? What a curtain?" <laughs> But I like the fact that they did that because so often when we get a sci-fi show, they'll mention something that's like super antiquated, and you're like, "How would you even like, like, would someone at some point look up and say, what does that mean?'" Yes, it's like, I, I mean, our civilization is so young in the grand scheme of things compared to like these sci-fi shows. But like, even when people talk about things from like the 1800s, like. You go talk to a normal, like a twenty-five-year-old or something like. Even people our age, they're like, "What are you talking about? Like, what are these things? What are you talking about?" So yeah, that's true. Um, Wait, what do you mean? What what things? What would they be confused about? I'm confused. When you like, if you talk to people about like th- like they like um, terms that like if somebody goes and reads like the Federalist Papers, like we just said the impeachment shit. But uh, if you go back and like read the Constitution or like read is- the Federalist Papers. Like a lot of like people who read that stuff, like like who talks like this? Like, what kind of English is this? Because we, you know, we've you know we've dumbed it down to an extent over the past well, two hundred years. I mean, sure, but also that was a lot of fucking flowery <laughs> bullshit and thus thou dying. Like, we get to your point, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
this John in order to form a more perfect. <laughs> so then uh, Ashford was basically like, all right, man, you know, we got to handle this shit ourselves because this shit getting out of hand and they about to make this attack. Because they kind of found out it was going to be like an attack. And he's basically like, oh, she quit. She quit. Oh, yeah. Drummer after, quit. Wasn't yeah. it after the UN guys left? She's like, yeah, I resigned. <laughs> it's your ship now. And 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 then uh, something like that. I, I forget the sequence of events, but she she didn't want any part more of uh, going after Marco or none of that. She's like, I'm done. But I thought at the end when they finally left, she was like, I'm going with you. And he was like, no, I got to do this myself. And that what happened? Or am I tripping? He only did it himself because she left. Right. He was like, be oh. my CEO, my XO. And she was like, nah, here's this bottle of liquor. And he's like, well, well okay, but I'll drink it when we see each other again. So then you knew. Ah, fuck. Yeah, you knew. Uh, like, they're not going to ever have that trick. And then they show Ashford in the next episode or two, like, following up, a, following a lead, you know, doing this. And then he had a dope little, like, scheme to get onto their ship. It just, like, they didn't account for something we haven't talked about yet in this whole review. Uh, the stupid punk-ass kid. Oh, Naomi's son, yes. And Sorrow's and Naomi's bitch-ass little punk-ass son. Because he do his... Because uh, uh, Ashford... Does his gimmick, he breaks into the ship, he boards him, boom, boom, boom. He snipes a couple guys. He's, you know, just Call of Duty in his way. Or I guess Halo would be more uh, apt for this <laughs> uh, environment. So, you know, wow, one first person shooting his way down the hallway. He gets Marco dead to rights. He's the last person on the ship, but he's not. It's Naomi's kid. The, 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 you know, he's like a teenager, 16-year-old or whatever. And he's behind Ashford. He's got the drop on him, so Ashford's got to drop his gun. And they end up spacing Ashford, who went out like a fucking G. Like, I'm a humness, old belter spiritual. <laughs> Wait in the Beltaloba. Wait, you know, he just went wow. out. <laughs> he just went out singing, humming his tune, and they spaced him. And, and he sent the video. He, he did what? Remember, he sent the video out. He who pronouns, pal. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, 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 my brain stopped working. Ashford, yes. Oh, I missed that. Remember, he recorded. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can fire up the scene because that was one of the key things for me. Because Philip is a scumbag who I hate his guts, and I hope he dies and burn in hell. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's the kid. First of all, your name is Philip F I L I P. So you're already one of those dudes who need to get like hit with a brick in the back of the head. Like not even that not, is, no, not even an E on the end and be at least Philippe. Like nope. Nope. I'm Philip. Pretentious ass Philip with an F. One L. <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah I'm looking, so while Rich ahead. is finding that, so then we we kind of figure out the whole plan and this scene. So basically mm -hmm. That if that first strike on Earth that um, where Christian sent her people to board, that was basically just a test. It was like we sending this here to see like if this can get through Earth's defenses, like how this whole thing's gonna work. It's just like a test strike. It wasn't real, and so then he was like, "Now that we know this shit, now I just got some more weapons 
from the thing that Bobby was going through with. And so now, now I can do this real um, launch. And then they launched this, um, like, missile or something towards Earth and Mars. because they're basically Asteroid. Asteroid towards Mar- Earth because they're basically like, Earth and, <clears throat> Earth and Mars are weak now, so this is the best time to go at them. But not just an asteroid, though, Brandon. It's an asteroid covered in Martian shielding. Yep. And, oh, yeah. And Didn't they have something with the proto-molecule, too, at the end? I could have swore it was something about that. I don't remember. But I could have swore hmm. they had something, like, had something with that. But, yeah, they had, it has the Earth. So, yeah, so they're going to think it's the Earth-Mars war again thing. And that's going to get started back up. So I know Rich knows what's happening. And then the final twist is we find out that the dude that's uh, that's helping Marco is Naomi's son, Philip. Ah, so, so, so sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah, I looked at the, the wiki at episode 10. Um, uh, uh, Anaros and Philip execute, uh, execute Ashford, then carry out their plan using asteroids cloaked with stolen Martian stealth technology launched directly at Earth. Unknown to the Inaroses, Ashford recorded their conversation and transmitted it to an unknown party before being blown into space. Okay, good. Okay. So who did Ashford send it to? Because obviously it's like, oh, he sent it to Drunk. Like, that's his most trusted, you know. Mm. So, but if it's not Drummer, who else would it be? Yeah, it's got me for me for season five. That's got to be like there is another Nagata, like Star Wars wise. Like, hit oh, her with. send it to Naomi because it's her her kid, right? It's got to be the, to the Rasenati, uh, I think. Could um, it be both? It could well, be. Drummer's it, in the, drummer's in the it could room. be drummer's because remember with the technology the though, it's like part of those, you send it one place. So I, I don't know. know. Unless he has drummers direct, I mean, he probably does, but I don't know how this, you know, he's being about to be spaced and he's got to, he's got, if he has one chance, if he can do it, he can record and then I can see my contacts list and I can only hit send on one before they say space him. I guess, I guess the safer bet to make sure would be to send it to the Rasanati because it's a, it's a station. If he sends it to the, how's he going to send it to Ashford or to to Drummer unless he has it her cell phone? And I think that would just be a little risky, to, you know, sending it to yeah, an who, entire. Yeah, especially if you know Marco got the drop on you. Like, who can you send it to at Anderton Station that you could trust will get it to her? But this Drummer, does Ashford have? Does he? I'm probably this is something I'm probably obvious that I'm missing. But does he have a connection, a direct connection to the Rossi? Naomi. No, but he has it to Naomi. Oh, remember Naomi, oh, Naomi was with right. him. Oh, that's the connection. Yes, 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 yes. Yep, like I said, probably obvious. Yeah. No, no, that's not. And, and this isn't a sport, but I think one of the cool things they did this season, which helped lead to this as a person who read it and then saw it, was how they paralleled the, the kids and parents story on Illus and kind of gave you pieces of it. Like Holden was... Holden was that a uh, boyfriend or the girlfriend that's like, hey, you know, we've been getting pretty serious. Maybe we, maybe we need to talk about kids. And Naomi was like, ah, uh, what? We we don't need. We don't need more. Where are you gonna have this baby? You gonna have a space baby? Come right. on. 
Right. She's like, you're going to have me drugged. But she tried. She tried. She's like, I'm going to try these steroids and these horse tranquilizers you gave me. Turn me into like Brock Lesnar. Like she can't get through. Like it's the hard work. It's the cardio that she can't. It's her heart. Can't like you can't just like how she gonna get through a turn uh, a a a full term pregnancy, let alone childbirth, let alone the act. Well, you can. <clears throat> there's you would think, especially two hundred years from now, there's easier ways to get a baby out of a person than going through you know vaginal uh, uh, birth, because you know and C sections you would think would be way no, less. Because think about it, if that was the case, you wouldn't have all the misshapen bones and stuff because that's part of coming through the canal. At zero gravity. I'm talking about if they brought her on, if they brought her onto a planet, and she had a, had a, the physical part of having. Oh, it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that, yeah. That no, no, probably be the easy part. It's yeah. nine fucking months though of getting to that part. Right. Like, and if the heart's not pumping like right for her, do normal surgery, get the baby out, she'd be fine. In quotes, wouldn't have to go through twelve hours of uh, 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 wearing out her heart and her body. Uh, but just having a life grow in you for nine damn months is taxing. And you know, that's, that's yeah. And then think about all the uh, belters, like the, 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 not, not psychic as in like, uh, if she have a baby with all the drugs and stuff that pumping her to state to be able to live at that, would you want to even mess around with? Well, she could, but the question is like, and that's I not like I don't, I don't know if she has a kid, you know, like, but like for most belters, like would you want like like you know what I mean? It's kind of like the folks yeah, like they're still proud to be belters, belters. right? So like, how are you if you have a kid that's going to be get get raised in atmosphere, like because you know Holden is not going to be like you know we can you know raise yeah our kid Holden and, already trying that young like we could get a ranch. I'm thinking about selling the Rosi. <laughs> Get us a little, a little double wide out in Yuma with my family, you know. Also, I'm pretty sure part of the reason Naomi didn't want to come to Earth is because he was in Montana. Because I'm just like, yeah, 200 years from now, I don't know if I want to go to Montana as a black person. Oh wait, no, no, no. That's the funny thing about that though, Brandon. Because and this is funny. I was telling Travis about this, and he was like, "This is insane." Like they couldn't put it in the TV show, but in the book. That's where like Earth and all this weird stuff, not weird, like like in a pejorative, but like all these things you wouldn't think about when you don't have races. Oh, yeah. What's that? I said I just said the kid with her, his and Naomi's kid would have eight grandparents. Like that would be part of convincing her, like, come on, you have support. And, you know, you wouldn't have to, like, take care of the kid all by yourself because you have eight. The the baby would have eight grandparents. Yeah, they all are (laughs) different races. So, like, it's. Oh, I'm sorry, Rich. Go ahead. No, no, I'll just say they are, they're all of different races. So it's not like he just has eight parents, like white, like he is black, he is native, you know, he is uh, native American. In the book, instead of the way they have it said on the show, is Holden has like a mom and a dad. But in the book, his family is part of a commune. And so he has eight parents. <laughs> like eight people donated. Uh, DNA, I guess, to, to create Holden. Well, technically, I guess two of them did, but then the other six are in a polyamorous relationship with those two. Is that how it works? So Yo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I read it as it was like, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, in the books, it's like a polyamorous relationship, but you have two primary DNA givers, okay, but okay. you see them all as parents. So they all raise you together 
And so for him, he's got like, you know, like mother, blah, blah, and mother, blah, blah, and then father. And so like that, you put mother and father in front of that name of the people in that family group. And so, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, so from her perspective, it's not like going to Utah or Montana, like now where it's like a white paradise. It's going there. It's like, okay, so I got like 30 Negroes, like just chilling. But no, this is the point that needs to be made. Think of what the United States specifically will probably look like. Oh, yeah, true. The East Coast is probably Pittsburgh. Yeah. Or if they're lucky, like Philadelphia at the at the very least. If but like they're like, lucky. I'm just saying, like there's you know, uh, but the shoreline, all that's going to be different. So Montana, all that flyover country is going to become co- just country, country in 50 to 200 years because Miami, Florida is going to be gone. Texas, eventually, Louisiana, all them bottom states that touch water, all of West Coast, they all, everything that touch water is going to be different. Shorelines are going to be way different. Yeah, so true. Montana and all those places are going to be secure as fuck as far as, I'm sure they got their own like weather shit to deal with, but as far as like the tides and what, imagine what it's, yeah, yeah, so it might be, uh, okay, bad. so I, I apologize, Travis, you were right, I, I mixed it up. Because my brain is too provincial. Holden's Holden has five fathers and three mothers, and Mother Elise gave birth to him, but all eight contributed to his DNA mix. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> and so, oh, Brandon, how about this for you talking about our forefathers and not our eight fathers, but because they had him that way and only had one child, it was a tax break for eight adults. Having one child allowed them to own 22 acres of farmland in Montana. As long as you keep that unit together and shut the fuck up and don't start no beef, like, bro, we can get these tax breaks, move off this land. <laughs> you you yeah. don't want to look at us, you go over there. We got the whole got- uh, Colorado City, Arizona <laughs> thing going on up there. <laughs> right. 22 acres, go build a goddamn house over there still and shut the fuck up. Don't fuck this up for everybody else because you want to. You know, whatever. Yeah. Imagine the pro- the family dynamic of, of that. But apparently in the book, their dynamic is super awesome and super progressive. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, imagine yeah. that. Sci-fi is like but that. The, DNA part, the science part of like that, of, like, is all, like that's not a possibility. You can't contribute. Right. No. No. Like even like people that want to have a baby, two, two guys that want to have a baby, like two gay men in a, in a relationship, married or whatever, that want to have a kid, a baby through a surrogate, will do a swirl where they'll combine the semen and sperm, and then it's like, well, it's a race to the finish kind of thing. All right, so before we get out of here, that was crazy. I had no... That, so that leads me to my... So I got two, uh, one question for Rich and one for Travis before we get out of here. So, Rich, uh, you... Okay, two, well, two questions for you. So have you... Did you read all the books... That they have no, I'm, I'm currently in, in you know, uh, in the world of Travis. If you want to read them, I have them like physically as well. So like digitally, physically. So if you ever want to read them, that's fine. Um, I am. I have the last two books, uh, Tiamat's Wrath, and uh, I can't remember the the one that came out like a couple of months ago. I haven't read those, and 
but I have read the book that's after that would be next season. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. Where in the books are we, season wise? Like, is there Cibola. So we're in book four, Cibola Burn, which they always do a good job. Anytime, like I wouldn't recommend looking on the wiki because I don't want you to spoil anything. Uh, but anytime I see a book title, that's when I know they're changing into like like that's a marker for me that either that's the start of a book or that's the end of a book. So in this case with Cibola Burn. With that being the, the name of the final episode, that told me that this was like, okay, book four is complete. We're going into book five next season. Okay. Okay, cool. So then, so I'm not going to ask you, but that leads me to Travis. So Travis, what do you, um, you got any predictions for next season and or what are you looking forward to most? Uh, I'm looking forward to another year with the Rossinati crew. I mean, that's the constant. Uh, that's like the... You know, you know, we had our, our our turmoil. We had our stuff with Holden and 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 Naomi in seasons two and three, and and everybody came back and did came back as a team and did the stuff on Ellis. So another mission or whatever they've got to do, I'm look, always looking forward to that. Uh, I hope Bobby is a part of that because I don't think she's going to get another standalone story. Um. I don't think there's another one that she has, so it would be all of them making something up. So I hope she's back with the with the crew, um, or or with maybe with Abbasarao on Earth. I don't know, but I hope she's uh, back with. You know, she was she had her own thing in, uh, in season four, and that was awesome. But I'd like to see her back with the folks that we saw. You know, she had such a good dynamic with Abbasarao and the Rossi crew. Uh, um, but nothing specific, like beyond, like oh, I think they might be. Like I, I guess now we talk. I talk myself into. I want. I want to know now who the hell did Ashford send that message to? Because I don't think I thought about it too much when I. I just was like, oh, I think I just assumed. Oh, he sent that to Drummer, but sending it to the Rossi makes so much more sense. It's a, you know, better connection in those ways. You would think. Plus, Naomi's there, and it's a message to get to her that, hey, your kid's here, and it's getting brainwashed and do <laughs> all kinds of intergalactic crimes. Yeah, I think that um, I mostly I want to see what's going to happen with Christian and Bobby, just because Christian's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. But I think they're setting us up for, like, a misdirection, like Game of Thrones style, like, they, so, like, the, if you watch the end of the season and most of the season, it's leading you to believe that. Oh, before I get to that, the other thing I want to see is I want to see some of these new worlds. Even if we get like a montage, like to start the season of like Nancy yeah, is in cool. charge, and so then they show like these, you know, refugees and stuff. Just, out you know, yeah, getting exploring to these new planets and stuff like that. That'd be cool just to see some different planets visually. But I think they're setting us up for like this misdirect because I mean we talked about this at for like a minute during this episode but like the the this whole season was leading you to believe that like this the you know marco is just like this big bad in season five and he's like launching this attack on earth and he's got all he's pulling all these strings to set all this shit up and then you're gonna have to deal with philip and um and naomi and that stuff but i'm just thinking like where are the white walkers like who built like who killed the fucking people who made all this shit? 
Like, uh, who are what, the builders? Like, yeah, who are the like who did that stuff? Like, it, it's eventually that's going to come up with like because people once people start going through all these rings and fucking with shit, like mm-hmm. that is going to come up. And it's like the it's like the whole White Walker thing. Like you watch Game of Thrones, and it's all about who's going to be the throne, who's gonna who's gonna get on the throne at the end. And then the whole time these White Walkers are just marching, and and in 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 the show nobody knows except Jon Snow. And so the same things here is like. All the stuff is happening, but like, Mill. I mean, Holden has been told that like, yes, yeah, something killed all of these, like everything. Like something ended all of this stuff before. What is that something, and when is that going to show back up? And so I think it's setting us up to kind of forget about that, and then probably somewhere towards the end of the season, just like throw something big on us. So I'm looking to see what the hell that's about. Um. Okay, last thing, uh, Travis, Rich, both of you guys just tell – you've been on the show before, but just tell the people about your shows on the PW Torch and where they can find it and how they can sign up for VIP and all the good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I do the East Coast cast, PW Torch East Coast cast, uh, the live show. You can find every Wednesday at 6.30 Eastern, live on Blog Talk Radio, uh, eastcoastcast.com. Uh for, for live and going on 10 years of, of archive shows. Uh, VIP with Rich every, way, uh, every week after the live show. Uh, you can go VIP. Ugh, I don't, I don't, there's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That used to be it. I thought they, uh, I thought, but I bet if it is a new one, Wade's smart enough to connect the old one to the yes. new one. So, so uh, yeah, pwtorch.com slash VIP. If you want to hear tons of VIP content from uh, Rich and I and a bunch of uh, uh, great contributors over at the Torch. Uh, so, yeah, so that's my, my hard sell for the East Coast cast. And Rich does that and some other stuff. So tell them what, what you do, Rich. Yep, and the other site you're talking about is pwtorchvipinfo.com. I'm lazy, so I say pwtorch.com slash go VIP, and it goes to the same place. Okay. Uh, I, uh, in addition to working with Travis, and have done so for four and a half, almost five years, uh, I also now do a show, a daily cast, every day, different host, uh, for me on Saturdays at 6. It's the Deep Dive with Rich Van. I host it. I usually have a lot of co-hosts, Brandon, Travis, and a bevy of other folks, Shahid, uh, Cam, uh, Bruce Mitchell, one of our uh, senior columnists, uh, more and more people, uh, Deep Palm, I'd be remiss without my one of my best friends, Chris Maitland. Um, All these folks come on. Who, what now? Then you have Zach on. Bunch of oh, Zach Haydorn, yeah. So we have tons Sean, of folks who come on. Radican. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh my God. You guys just, listen, there are a lot of folks that come on with me, and we spend an hour or more like this weekend, we spent two hours. Uh, and we talk about wrestling, but at the end of the day, I know you can hear wrestling anywhere. So like Travis and I do on VIP, we also talk a little bit about just life stuff. And like this weekend, I talked with Will Cooling and Alan Cunahan, who are two dudes from uh, Great Britain slash United Kingdom slash Ireland, uh, depending on which person it is and who's arguing with whom. And we started talking about British wrestling, British strong style versus the elite. And we ended with Will talking about his bout fighting depression and how he doesn't use wrestling to, you know, cure his depression, but he uses it as an outlet to reach his kids. And that kind of pulls him out of that hole a little bit. And so that wasn't something I thought was going to happen. But, 
usually on the deep dive, we, we start talking about stuff and we get deep. And then also with Sean Raddick and I do Raddick and Worldwide, where we talk about a lot of independent wrestling. And uh, you can find all this on PWTorch.com. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Rich underscore fan, usually on there, uh, F-A-N-N. I'm talking wrestling, politics, life, way too many pictures of my son. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, let me jump back in. Um, you need to, Rich, get on uh, before somebody else does it. Um, what's how does Brexit affect the the, the UK scene, or how will it? Affect oh, they did. Will did. Will did a really oh. good job on this episode with it. He talked about Brexit. He was talking, and he talked from a very British perspective that isn't racist because <laughs> Will works. At, he's a Wolverhampton professor, and he does race history of race, particularly Af- Pan African movements from Africa to England of their own volition, not via slavery. Oh. And his wife is an emigre from, I want to say it's either Liberia or uh, DRC. And so, talking about being in a biracial family, having children that are biracial, being bisexual and biracial. And how that affects their family dynamic, because it's like, I don't want to talk all his business, but, you know, he put it on the show. Uh, It's like an open marriage, essentially. So he talks about, like, being a white man married to a black woman, but attracted also to black men. And how that dynamic in the United Kingdom uh, leads to discrimination and sometimes leads to very confusing situations. And then with the Brexit stuff, we talked about how that affects wrestling. Like, he was very helpful in explaining to me how... Even though WWE sucks when it comes to things like WWE UK and killing independent promotions in the United Kingdom, the ones that died and the folks that were going to come to replace WWE if WWE hadn't been there were actually as bad, if not worse. So it's actually a net good that they came and did what they did. And so hearing that was he's like, you know, at the end of the day, sure, some of this sucked, but the guys who were running it were also like horrible human beings and would have done some bad things to the wrestlers or for the wrestlers. And so that was a really cool conversation. And then that led into Brexit. Okay. That, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I definitely, I checked that one out. So yeah, I've been a VIP member for a long time. I started <coughs> listening to the PW Torch because somehow I found the East coast cast a long time ago. I don't even know how I found it, but like, I don't know, like maybe seven years ago. Like, was it like, cause I was on like, uh, with Bruce, no, I found the East Coast cast before everything else. Oh, okay. Like I don't even know how I found. I think I don't know if I searched like black people talking about wrestling or something. I didn't came up with something. Long time, we, me and Dre were. Yeah. It, as far as like you know, I mean, sure you can go to YouTube and see some guy with sixteen views getting uh you know with somebody with a semi you know decent platform with uh you know a live audience especially but but anything even the podcast before we went. We did the, started doing the live show uh, in 2010, but um, yeah, for a long time it was like, fuck, it's kind of is, you know. But now everybody in their mom has a podcast, and everybody can talk about wrestling and, and does and, and, and goodly because I listen to a bunch of that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely go listen to them and subscribe. But yeah, it's some of my favorite stuff, I listen to it every week, and um. And they talk about other stuff, which is, like, the thing I got to do more in this show, because, like, like, I'm a huge political nerd. Like, I got a poli-sci degree. I'm all into this politics shit. But I never talk about it on my show. And I'm always on other people's shows. They bring me on to talk about politics. I'm like, I never get to talk about it on my show. So, like, I'm, I love listening to you guys. What do you say? You know we have an email address. You have a what? Email address, motherfucker. 
Who has an email address? We do. You can email us the show. You can communicate with us and ask us stuff. Oh, we can talk oh, about oh. On the show. <laughs> Ooh, if I oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I can call in the show, too. I always <laughs> listen. You know the funny thing? I listen all the time, and sometimes we listen listening live, and I'm like, I should call in. And I'm just like, mm, I'm not oh, right. The same thing, it's the funny thing. I drove to. So, It'd be Craig and Darrell <laughs> and Mike consistently every week. And I love our consistent callers, but they don't need to all get 22 minute segments. <laughs> now, last week, so I moved to Dallas and I drive to. So I'm like talking to Cam and I'm like, all right. So I, I get to Houston last week for the Royal Rumble and me and Cam are talking the whole time. And then I. And we never meet up. And like, I go to. And I finally go to meet him. Like, meet up where he's at, and then he's, like, gone. And so, like, the whole time we were there, just kept missing each other. And it's, it's like, it's just always like that with me. So I just got to get my shit together um, in regards to that. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to. It's an email. Yeah, I got to send an email. So send an email to call in. I will definitely do that. But, yeah, uh, that's my shit. Uh, um, on our show, we just had Jeff from Jeff Rose the World podcast on. That'll be out tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's a relative. So. That'll be out once you hear this. It'll be out at the same time. We just talked about a bunch of nerd news and different things like that. Um, got a couple movie reviews coming up. I uh, got a screener for Birds of Prey this week, so I'll get to see that. And heard nothing but good things about that, so hopefully that'll be great. I actually saw some early reviews about that, and there hasn't been a bad one. And People are saying it's the best DC movie they've done, so I don't want to get too excited, but I'm looking forward to that, so... Uh, other than that, man, Travis Rich, thank you for coming on and doing this. I know we went a little long, Rich, but thank you for taking the time out from the family to do this with me. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back. Hopefully next season you guys can come back and we can do season five. So actually for season five, if you guys come back, I'd want to like split it up to make it yeah, a little sense. bit better so we can do like the first half and the second half or some type well, of split it. Amazon is just going to drop them, so they'll all be out, and so we'll have options. Yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, hopefully, it doesn't come out too long either, because it was what two years from season three to now, almost. So. Yeah, I think they started because um, while we were talking, I looked up uh, uh, Frankie Adams's Twitter, and she said just rap. So I think they filmed them back to back, or they filmed them like after a short hiatus. Like, okay, good. So we should probably expect that sometime in 2020, which is good. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, make sure you go check out the deep dive in the East coast cast on the PW torch podcast network, and we'll be back soon. Peace.